What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say uh, go Bills. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? It's your man, Rev. And you are now tuned in to another edition, another episode of Rated Rev. Brought to you by BetUS on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. You guys already know what time it is. Smash that like, hit the subscribe button, and turn on those bell notifications. Let's get this thing popping, baby. Yo, it's a roll call. I need to know where you guys are watching from. You already know how to do it. Drop it in the chat right now, whether you're watching live on YouTube, Facebook, whatever the case may be, what's happening? If you're watching the replay, what's good? If you're listening to this via podcast format, what's up? This is Rev. You're watching. You're listening to Rated Rev right now. Let's get this thing going, baby. I'm so excited to be here with you guys for another week of Bill's Talk, baby. We got a huge game, a huge game Monday night. In case you don't know, this game is going to be for all the marbles, like they used to say. It's going to be for everything. But you know what? I could not do this show by myself. I couldn't do it. I had to bring somebody alongside with me. And we are going to get this thing popping tonight. So this is what I want you guys to do. Get ready and drop some mics and some fire emojis in the chat for my man, my brother from another mother, none other than z Oh man, I got you. Come on now, Rat. Shut up, baby. There you go. Are we in? We unmuted. We unmuted in this. Oh, we in there, baby. Come we on, in there, baby. I'm popping to the theme music, baby. Yeah, it man. is week seventeen. Yes, sir. This is we predicted, Rav. It's as big as it gets. Monday okay. night might as well be the AFC Championship when it comes to the way I'm viewing this one. Bills, Bengals, prime time, Rev. We are in for a show. We are in for a show. Kyle Tuff comes in here from Hamburg. What's up, Kyle? I've got Buffalo D from Sugarland, Texas. What's going on? Chris716, always first in the building from Southside Buffalo. What's up, my man? I've got Jason Tremaine in here from Buffalo. And shout out and prayers to everybody right now in Buffalo right now for everything you guys are going through. Much love, man. We're praying for you. Thoughts and prayers are definitely with everybody there. What's up, baby? James says, yo, time to preach, Red. Hey, I've got, I've got a partner in crime with me tonight. We're both going to preach it. We're going to preach it tonight for sure. I've got my man Tyler Davis says, go Bills. Everybody's in here in the chat. It's popping off. We getting this thing started. I'm so excited. My man Z-Bot is excited. He missed his show Monday for certain reasons. But he's back at it again with me tonight. We're back from the dead, Rev. I was back sicker the than a dog Monday, but I said, hold up. Give me to Wednesday. Just let me get through a couple days here. I'll hop on with Rev. And like I was telling you off the uh, off the air, feeling as good today as I have in a, about a week or so. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Monday night's right around the corner. I'm getting my spirits lifted. Yeah, and I'm go, glad man. I can be able to get out here tonight with you and oh. get it all out there because I'm oh, stoked. Dude. I, I'm stoked, man. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, first of all, I'm glad that you're feeling better. Thank you. Uh, yes, you look good, too. man. You, you sound good. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, thanks, thanks, thanks be to God, man, for for that. I'm glad that you guys are feeling well and you're back at it again, man. Um, I'm excited to be with you, bud. It's been it's been a little while, man, since we, yeah, since man. we are linked up together. But you know what? Um, what better time to do it, man? It's cool. the holidays, man. We're coming out the holiday season, right? Uh, we got a huge matchup, huge matchup like mm. this. 
I know they say this is a game of the week, but to me, this has to be the game of the season right now. No, doubt. Season, no doubt. This is the game of the season, man. For the number one seed, the number one seed in the AFC. And uh, in case you didn't see the thumbnail, baby, you already know what time it is. Check this out one more time. The Bills and Bengals battle for the number one seed on Monday night football. Man. You know what? I was talking to Bobby, man, and I and I really wanted to go with this theme for the show. I really, I really wanted to do it. I wanted to call it the Rumble in the Jungle. Oh, you know what I'm saying? We can't do it, you know. But it really is a Rumble That's in the Jungle. That's what it jungle. is. That's it what is, it is. Man. It's gonna be one heck of a game. One heck of a game. And guess what, guys? Uh, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna get into it. Neck deep into this conversation. We've got a jam packed show for you all tonight. Um, and uh, go ahead and smash that like. Smash that like right now if you haven't already done so. Hit the subscribe button and turn on those bell notifications so that way you can stay up to date with everything related to the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Fanatics. We are going to get this thing started. I've got another guest coming on with me right now. Matter of fact, I think he's he's already in the background, and we are going to top this thing off. We're going to hit this show off right now uh, with a little bit of injury news, right? A little bit of injury news, uh, uh, injury update. Check this out from my man, Thigh Doctor. <laughs> He's hiding. He had too much eggnog over the weekend. He doesn't oh, want to man, show his face. Isn't that yeah, right, yeah. Doc? What's up? <laughs> you on, man? How you doing, baby? What's up, fellas? You hear me loud and clear? Man, you you sound you sound great. You sound oh, better yeah. than ever. Oh. What oh, Santa man. bring you, Thigh? What Santa bring you? Anything good? He bring you some tights? What'd you get? Thighless chaps. Oh my Ooh. God! Listen, I didn't know. I, I, I what, what did Santa get you? Not what I got you. I was asking. <laughs> what you got. Nice, yeah. Thigh, Doc. Nice, man. Hey, man. How, uh, did you enjoy your holiday? Yeah, it was good. How about you, fellas? Man, it was good. It was yeah, good. It was good. Doc, what, what happened to you? I was sicker than a dog, man. I was sick all – it was the worst timing ever. I got sicker than hell. So did the whole fam right over the weekend, like like Saturday morning and then up until today. And this is like it's the best going around. Felt. It's going around. I don't know anybody as of late who hasn't had at least a little bit of something over the last month. So hopefully like, it's off the yeah. table. But, okay. I mean, I, you know, it sucks. Had three yeah, cold, three colds in like six weeks. Yeah, no, it oh, sucks. You know, yeah, everybody gets it around this time of year, man. Yeah, and so uh, you guys need to rest up, man. Get well, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm glad uh, everybody's doing well. Thigh doc, man. I want to hop on, man. I, I, I got you on because you know you're, you're the, you're the doctor. You, you are the resident doc, okay. And um, and as, as, as we get ready for this, this huge monster matchup against the Bengals, I, I, I want you to kind of run through some of the injury news, um, um with the Bills. And kind of talk to us about about uh, what you expect to see. Uh, any guys that are going to be out? I was looking for the interview report today. I'm not so sure if I if it came out or not. But just if you can, uh, if you got some information, um, go ahead and, and run through that injury report for us. Yeah, I, th I think it starts tomorrow. Um, well, you know, I, I'm uh, I'm just I'm sitting here on my phone, so I don't really have anything to look look back to. But I think the uh, the big thing out of last week was Ed Oliver got that calf designation like later in the week which really spooked me i thought i thought he pulled the calf in practice and then he went out and he uh played 68 percent of the snaps so that was impressive so obviously that's nothing um and he was coming off of a pectoral injury like the week before that he was able to play through so uh looks like ed oliver is clear he is playing with a harness i'm assuming he has like a minor pec strain and uh, i guess the calf's a non-issue um speaking of calves though uh, Boogie Basham went down with a calf that was not this past game, the game before. Those usually take about three weeks. Uh, so look for him to miss another week here. Um, let's see. Mil Milano was practice. He was 
getting more participation in practice, so that was good. Um, he is wearing a knee brace. Uh, no one really knows what the injury is because he's been playing 100% of the snap counts. He's like, he never yeah. really came out. But the fact that he's wearing a knee brace, you know, it's definitely not like a contusion or, or like a tendonitis. He's either dealing with like like a, a, a low-grade ligament sprain or uh, he's, he might have like a little meniscal issue. Um, but it looks mm. like it's something he's going to play through. When we did play – not last week. Who did we play two weeks ago? The Jets. The, uh, the, the Jets. It was the Jets. Someone, someone cut. No, 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 no. It was the it was the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, when uh, Mostert cut up field on him, you could just yes. that at knee is bothering him. I Towards mean, sideline, right? Yeah, yeah. You uh-huh. know what play I'm talking about? Yeah. So that was uh, that wasn't great to see. But obviously, north to south, he should be fine. Um, but cutting on a dime, a guy like that on the sideline. Uh, that really puts that knee in a vulnerable position to uh, kind of cut on it. So, um, you know, I would assume that that's trending in the right direction because, uh, like I said, he's participating more in practice. But, um, yeah. you know, that was pretty eye-opening to see him uh, struggle with that cutback. Yeah. Any news um, about about uh, uh, Mitch Morris? Is he still in, in the in the protocol? Oh, yeah. Um, that's right. That's a big one. So, Morris is – we won't, we'll find out tomorrow if he's participating – Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, there's like a five stage thing with the concussions, you know, so they got to like go back to practice, like with no pads on, and then mm-hmm. they can, then they can practice with pads on without contact and then with contact. Um, so he didn't go back at all last week. Now, uh, you know, this is his sixth concussion in eight years, I believe. Yeah. Um, there was a little misinformation that went out uh, last week about how quick he came back from his last concussion with the bills. Um, people say he didn't miss games. He did. He missed two games and there was a bye week built in there. So he actually missed three weeks. So, I mean, he missed all of preseason when he first came signed with us as a free agent. So he missed about five weeks there and he missed five weeks with his last concussion with the chiefs. So, you know, based on his history, I would say it's a three to five week thing. If, if all, if everything kind of goes according to plan, um, which would kind of land them back. Uh, so that'd be, this week would be what that was two weeks, you know? Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I actually don't think he's going to come back this week, but if he does, that'd be great. Um, if not, uh, at least get him back for the postseason would obviously be ideal. Side dog. When do you get to the point with him when you just say, man, you know, that's a career for me. Six, six concussions. You're seeing the conversation surrounding two. And now obviously it's a yeah. different situation. You got somebody who's half the size of, if not less of, of Morse, but six concussions, there's gotta be a conversation being had. Wouldn't you think? Absolutely. So I don't know. Uh, we, we extended them. Like I said, I'm on my cell phone, so I can't look this up quick. If you guys are in yeah. front of a laptop, pull up uh, his spot track. Tell us um, he signed that extension. So when's the out clause? Is it after this year or does he need another year? Because let me take a look. I think when that so one's done, he's here. So he, he's he's he'll be a free agent in 2025. They've got him signed all the way up till then. If so he retired, if he retired after this year, what is the uh, dead cap? Uh, five million in 23, two and a half in 24. So about seven and a half. It's stomachable. Um, so you know, obviously, if the guy needs to make a family decision, that's yeah. not that terrible. Um, I don't know. You, I would expect, honestly, I would expect them to come back again. It's, it's really when you get the concussions quickly after another. So his have been at least spread out since he's been with us. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is his third one. And how many years has he been with us Four, four seasons? 
Yeah, I yeah, think, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So that's not too bad, but like, two. I mean, Tua's got three concussions in three months, so his, yeah. his his eggs are scrambled right now. So, yeah. Um, basically, the more concussions you get, the easier it is to get another one. And then, obviously, we all know about the CTE, so everyone's uh, scared shitless. The more you get, so I think Morris is uh, probably getting close to having that discussion. If he gets dinged again, I th- I would think that was probably it. But um, with the Super Bowl at uh, a golden opportunity here, I would expect yeah. him to want to come back this season. As long, yeah. as long as he's okay. I mean, if he's got symptoms, you know, you, you can't, it right. is what it is. But if, mm-hmm. he's, if he gets back to feeling good, he'll be back. Um, but his future is a little murky. You're right. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with that, man. Um, I'm looking, oh, you know, uh, one question I want to have, I have for you, man, is, is Tredavis White. Now, obviously we know he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's not on the, on the injury report or anything like that, but, but just just from your from the eye test, right? I mean, it looks like he's just not quite back to himself yet. What what are some of the other yeah. observations that you've had? Yeah, so you know he had trouble getting his knee fully bent. Uh, we saw that in camp when he was doing straight line speed. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could still see it, but you know the it, it's definitely not as noticeable as it was in summer, and it's not as as noticeable as it was uh, when he first came back. So. He obviously is bending that knee better. The, the, you know, I broke this down before. Basically, if you can't bend your knee actively when you're sprinting, like your, mm-hmm. your heel won't come up towards your butt. So it like screws up your sprint cycle. So it slows you down. So you know, we've saw, I've seen two plays where he's kind of gotten burned on straight line speed. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming his straight line speed is, is vulnerable right now. But if he keeps things in front of him, he, he looks pretty good. Is he probably a step behind where he was last year? Absolutely. But is a step behind of all pro Trey white much better than any other corner on our team. I'd say absolutely. Yeah. Does, does, does yeah. it give you any, any, any uh, concern, you know, when, especially going up against this matchup here with Jamar chase and, and T Higgins. I, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put him on an Island with them maybe here and there, yeah. but like, I don't think he's ready to, uh, you know, shadow these guys, uh, you know, blitz from the other side and, and have them just like lock them in. Yeah. Not, not with like a trade. Maybe we'll go uh, another another tier of receiver potentially, but yeah, no, I think they got it is what it is situation on Monday. They got they're gonna have to play the Mm -hmm. cover two shout and play it safe, and hope they can get home. Now a big injury for the Bengals was Lionel Collins towards ACL. So yeah, that's their stud right tackle. I believe he's been playing right tackle, so he's out with an ACL. Mm -hmm. So that definitely opens the door for some edge rushing. Which is, well, speaking of, and speaking of edge rushers, I mean, I just thought about um, Boogie Basham. Is he um, what's what's the word on on him? Yeah, like I mentioned, so a calf strain, like a legit calf strain, is going to at yeah. least take three weeks, and they're tricky because like huh? you can easily reaggravate them. Um, me personally, I've gone through multiple calf strains. Once you once you strain it first time, you better rehab it good because if you come back too early, the thing's going to be twingy. Um, so yeah, the average is about three weeks on the calf strain. I would expect uh, Boogie to miss this week. But, you know, Kingsley yeah. played – he actually played pretty good. I mean, he, he made a couple really awesome plays. Um, yeah. He definitely he definitely looks undersized out there. Um, I don't know if, like, 4-3 uh, end is his true position. Um, he looked a little small, but uh, he played pretty technically sound. He uh, blew that one stretch play up. That was pretty sweet. And he was in on a couple yeah, other he, ones. Yeah, yeah he, look, he looks pretty good. And, uh, matter of fact, I think I had called it – I was, you know, on the show, I was like, you know what, I, I think that Kingsley Jonathan is going to get a – He's gonna get a sack. Well, he didn't get a sack, but he but he ended up uh um having having some nice plays, and so I yeah. I, I feel a little bit better with him in the lineup. Uh, he was disruptive uh, in that rotation. 
sometimes, you know, you get a guy, obviously he's not, probably not as good as your starter, but someone who's like really a practice squad guy who wants to make the most of his opportunities, you know, special things happen when that, that goes down. So it, uh, it looks like he's making the most of it. That's pretty cool. Nice. Pretty good. Nice. Anybody else, uh, anybody you can think of, um, it, Ike, well, Ike, Ike came back. I don't know if he's, uh, back he went in the game. He went in the game. He went in the um, game for like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the Achilles are tough. That's his second one. I think he's done both legs. Uh, there was some rumblings. He had a setback. Like, basically, here's the deal. You either crush an Achilles uh, repair or you have trouble because some people just get really loose in the ankle, like the tendon stretches out, and then they got, like, this floppy ankle that that's not explosive. So um, a lot of guys have struggled coming back from Achilles. Um, they lose speed. They lose power. Um, I think the – best example of someone we recently had um is who's that tall tight end that we had to cut Howard oh, Howard yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean his Achilles like ruined his career so um yeah. but he was such a freak I, you know we gave him a shot but I yeah. think they quickly realized that he had definitely lost his explosion there um now, what but, about, I mean, what about a, yeah what about Christian Benford uh, so Benford and oblique, I, I don't know. Bleaks are, are weird, man. Like if you tear it really good, it's going to take a long time to repair. And if mm-hmm. you just twinge it, you know, it takes two weeks. So obviously he must've had like a pretty severe tear of his oblique. Um, sometimes I think when you talk about oblique injuries, you know, if these guys are getting pain near their groin, it's probably a, a sports hernia mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty good surgery to get nowadays. They've pretty much mastered it. You come, come back in two months, but um, I didn't hear any reports of him having surgery, so he might be just trying to play through this. Maybe it was just like a legit, you know, like, you know, side of his ab strain and it was bad and it's going to take a month to six weeks. Um, okay. But it sounds like he's he's on the cusp of coming back. Um, you know, the Bills kind of have a luxury of just slowly bringing him back because maybe they want to see a little a little more uh, Kyrie Elam right now. So <laughs> I would assume if, if they yeah. want him, if they want to play him, he'll, he'll be good for the playoffs, so. As that's the encouraging. The Chelsea Bedford, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's encouraging, man. Um, because uh, we, I think we definitely need need Benford, uh, and and Elam Moore. Um, I've I've, I've said I've said <laughs> I've talked about about how my disdain for Dane Jackson right now and the way he's been playing, and I don't understand why McDermott still has him in the doghouse. I'm I, I don't understand what's going on there, uh, yeah. with with him and Kyrie Elam. But um, so it, the the quicker we can get Benford back, I think it'll be it'll it'll bode well for us in the. In the in the playoffs, um, Z-Bot, man, you got? Is there anybody else on the on the on the team that you can think of, man? Are there any injury concerns that you? I think you just about covered it all. There's one yeah. uh, as far as the Bengals, Trey Hendrickson. I know he missed some time a couple of weeks ago. He's been back. Uh, he was back on Christmas Eve, but he only had one tackle. I don't know how much he played. I don't know if you know anything about that thigh doc, but he's definitely their best edge presence. Um, yeah. He's been banged up, so that's definitely something to look at from the Bills' perspective going against this Bengals D, which is very underrated. I think a lot of people yeah. overlook this Bengals defense, but he's definitely their strong suit. He's been hurt. He was back Saturday. I'm not sure how much you know about that situation, but that's I'll look, something. I'll look, I'll look into the Hendrickson. I'm not sure. I know. I think Hubbard's the one who has the calf who's getting close, but um, again, if he's just scratching the surface uh, coming back from a calf, I wouldn't be too concerned with him uh, taking over a game, but could get activated and, you know, play 30, 30, 40% of the snaps and make some plays. But um, I'll look into the Hendricks thing, you know, with the, for the bills also, you know, Allen with the elbow, 
um, you know, his, I, you know, I don't know if it's his mental right now or if the elbow is bothering him, but, you know, we have seen some numbers that he's struggling with, like, throws under 10 yards. That mm-hmm. might be because those are the kind of throws he has to, like, change his arm angle, which, which you know, puts more strain on the UCL. That actually, um, it would make sense. So, because the deep balls, you could just kind of cock it up top. Like, the stuff underneath, you kind of got a sidearm a little bit. So, I think that actually is still bothering him. Um, Micah Hyde, you know, if he sets a record for coming back from a cervical fusion, you could see him in the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl because five months would be February, mm-hmm. which would be, you know, it's very unlikely. He would have to, like, you know, he would have to, have, you know, the surgery would have to have been crushed in a good way. Like, Right. These, these bones have to fuse, and, you know, they, they take multiple months to fuse. But... Someone has come back to contact sports in five months, so it is possible. Um, yeah. I don't think it was football, it was hockey, but it is what it is. And then Crowder, potentially, but he looks like shit running right now. So, you know, I don't even know if, he, if he's still limping around. Don't bring him back. He might look like Waddle looked like in the national championship. Um, oh, yeah. That's kind of yeah. like the same timeline. So is it worth bringing Crowder back, you know, to play like 15% of the snaps and have to run off the field after every time he like makes a bad cut. So yeah. Yeah. At this time. So both those guys are kind of like a pipe dream, but um, I mean, high definitely is possible. So that is something to keep an eye on. Um, But it would be very risky just so you know. Yeah. Very risky. Sounds good, Thought Dog, man. I appreciate you guys. I mean, you you coming on, man, and dropping this knowledge for us, man. Uh, I understand you're busy, man, but uh, a shout out to you, man. Thanks so much. I'm glad you enjoyed your holidays. Uh, look forward to to bringing you back on and and, and talking some more more injury news, man. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, I'm, what I am glad about is that the injury report, man, seems to be it's it's a lot shorter than what it has been all year, and so it's good to know that these guys are are getting back healthy um, uh, to make this stretch run here, man, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I did forget one though. Um, Jordan Phillips. Oh yeah. Yeah, so he the way he landed when he initially got hurt, you know, chasing around Matt Jones, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that shoulder had dislocated. But he, if it didn't dislocate, he definitely had a labral injury because uh, you see that a lot in baseball when guys go for, like, a diving catch in the yeah. outfield. So he took about, you know, three weeks rest time. I think he missed two games, and then it looked like it was still aggravated. So I don't know. I don't know if that shoulder is going to get back to 100%, but he can throw his body around. You know, he's a big uh, – but you know, sometimes he, he really changes the game sometimes. So it actually yeah. kind of sucks if uh, if he's playing at like eighty percent. Yeah, it does. It does. We'll All see. right, man. Yeah. All right. All right. Happy hey, New Year, fellas. Next time, uh, camera on, assless chaps on. That's the requirement. Oh, right? nice. It's it's stylus chaps. Thylus chaps. Well, Thylus chaps. Yeah, I, I got to fill in those <laughs> I'm not, I'm doing, doing We'll celebrate little, the new yeah, year with those. How about that? We'll take 2023 off with those. Yeah. I could cam it up on Monday nights, just so you know. So maybe after uh, maybe playoff time. I'll there we go. Out. There we go. Sounds All right, good fellas. Thank you, brother. We got, it. we got it this week. Take it easy. No doubt. No right, doubt. Man, have a good one, Thanks, man. Peace, bro. Well, it's not as much as it usually is. That's for no, sure. That's no, a good thing. It's it's encouraging, man, because you we know that 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 list used to be like a laundry list. Yeah, sometimes I got to talk to his ass for forty five minutes. I can't get him out of here. He's only got the next one, the next one, the next one. So it's nice. 
Right. I mean, so golly, man. So it, it's good to see that these guys are getting back healthy, man. Uh, uh, right at the right time, too, which is which is important as we get ready to make this stretch run. You know, um, we, we had you had, you had uh, mentioned earlier, um, since we're talking about injuries and, and uh, Mitch Morris's uh, concussion injury, we, yeah. we have to kind of jump on here real quick, man, and, and just touch on on the whole tour conversation, because this is this is something that's that's quite, that's quite serious, man. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts, man? Like your initial thoughts about when you heard about uh, the, the Tua concussion um, after that 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 game, uh, which seemingly felt like 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 nobody knew anything, nobody was able to spot it at all, and all of a sudden he comes into the facility the following day and uh, and talks about having some symptoms, and they go immediately put him on on a COVID protocol. What were your initial thoughts about that? Well, it's interesting. I watched that entire game, as I know a lot of people did, just based on my Twitter feed. I could tell everybody was trying to ring mm -hmm. in Christmas Day with a Dolphins loss, and that's what we got. But the odd part about that is, you know, anybody who watched that, Dolphins fans, non-Dolphins fans, anybody, you know, nobody saw an injury to Tua, and why would you? Because he was never taken out of the game. He played the duration of the game, and all we had noticed from him is his play level went from pretty good throughout the first half to very, very bad. Yeah, uh, in the second half, but nobody really, you know, thought there was anything to that. I think um, you were never given a reason to think that. And then the next day comes around. A lot of social media pub was being given to one specific incident right before halftime yeah. where he was hit on a quick throw near the sideline. He definitely hit his head pretty hard against the ground. Um, here's the situation with Tua that differs from anybody else in the league. He was the poster child for yes. the concussion situation this season because of what had happened on the Milano hit that kind of went under the radar. He followed that up with a game against Cincinnati in prime time in which he had definitely got a concussion. Then people started to link those two together. We saw how mm -hmm. egregious it looked once he did get that concussion. He was seizing up. Everybody saw that in a prime time setting. Bad look for yeah. the league. So, of course, that wound up, you know, that wound up bringing to the forefront uh, not only the concussion issue – but what we do with players when something like that happens, how long do we sit them and what is their career? You know? Yeah. They, I mean, they change, they change rules. Yeah. They yeah, change exactly, the rule after that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you notice it ever since then, how much, how much more stringent they've been on the QB hits almost to the point of a fault. They'll be hits right. now against a quarterback that are so routine and mundane. That'll be called. And that's not because, you know, the refs necessarily want to call it. They're being told to call that from upstairs. They have jobs they want to keep too. Everybody yeah. hates it. Uh, and I would venture to say the refs hate it as well. Now with this situation with Tua, it's different because nobody knew about it until all of a sudden everybody at the same time knew about it. I listened to Mike McDaniel's yeah. press conference. He had just been made aware of it about an hour or so before he had addressed the mm -hmm. media. So it's a very different situation than most concussion protocols we're used to seeing. He will not play this week. Yeah, against the New England Patriots, Teddy yeah. Bridgewater will get the start. Um, so when I look at it, Rev, we're talking about a guy now in Tua who documented has one bad concussion on the year. Mm -hmm. So the eye test has probably three, three. concussions yeah. on the year. This is a guy who is undersized compared to the majority of the league. He's undersized compared to the quarterback position in itself and he's not like kyler murray who's gonna run around the whole game yeah. and never get hit Tua gets hit he might look quick he's not as fast as a kyler murray or a yeah. lamar jackson or really even a, a josh allen so in his situation rev it, you really gotta wonder what the longevity of his career is going to wind up being having had mm -hmm. this amount of head trauma suffered 
in just one season. Now, the weird thing I, I find in this whole take is a lot of people are starting to compare the statistics in the first half to the second half when he was supposedly concussed and how much worse he played. I'm not buying that. I don't. Th- I think that's a really easy way to kind of write off what was a god-awful performance by the Dolphins in the second half that flat-out yeah. handed Green Bay that game. They were winning that game throughout until right. they weren't. Three straight interceptions on three straight drives. But as much as I don't want to rule that as a, as a probability for the, the woes the Dolphins had, you can't help but think that if the Dolphins had known that there was a concussion suffered by Tua, they would have felt they were in better hands to have a healthy Teddy Bridgewater take over the second half. I'm not yeah. saying that the concussion or the possible concussion rather was the issue for Tua in that second half, but you do have to think if there was a possibility that the Mm -hmm. Dolphins might have attacked that second half differently. And now that's what the big conversation is. Here's the flat out moral of the story though, Rev this coming week. It's, it's do or die for the the Dolphins. Yeah, it absolutely is a month ago. Everybody had them win in the East. We all know what's happened since then. Oh, they were in the Super Bowl conversation. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater's at the helm. We'll see. And I got to tell you this, if Teddy Bridgewater goes out and plays well and they beat new England, not only is to his career on the, on the Fritz for the concussions overall, he's not playing the rest of the year you got to wonder what what goes on the rest of the year and the rest of his career in general. It's a very interesting situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and on top of that, I mean, I mean, you look right here, I mean, you see uh, this, this, this came out from Marcel Louis Jacques talking about, you know, per, per source, the NFLPA um, has, has really launched an investigation into the dolphins um, regarding this concussion protocol. Um, And so like this, this is, this is serious. I mean, we know what happened earlier, right. Uh, After that concussion that he he sustained against us. Um, And so, they uh, they they had they had launched an investigation that time, so now they're doing it again. Which I mean, I'm not too sure. I mean, because you know, um, you, you listen you, li- you listen to reports, you listen to what people are saying, and and the fact that I mean, I guess the the, the letter of the law is like there was there was this, they had spotters there, and nobody saw anything, and so. Uh, and the way they go about this protocol thing, uh, especially in game with these spotters, is if they see a player get banged up, you know, and, and he has those 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 physical signs, you know, of, of a possible concussion, they immediately, you know, check him out. And, and then if, if he fails the test and they take him out of the game, but there was a supposedly like no physical signs whatsoever. So I'm not too sure where this lies. I don't know if, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see what this investigation is going to is going to bring about. But you have to wonder, like, this is a serious issue right now, especially for Tua and 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 his his long his longevity, like you mentioned. I mean, we're talking about Mitch Morris having six and eight years, and whether or not it's time for him to to call a quiz. Yeah, this man is 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 on the brink of what three in one season. That's, and he's that's- also playing a position that's much more. I mean, not to say that you don't have to have a head on your shoulders to play center, but we're talking about a, a, a position where you got to be the sharpest guy in the field at all times. Yes, and if you're suffering three concussions in one season. Compared to Mitch Morris, who's not only playing center and is in a position where you're more than likely to get those concussions than a quarterback, right? But Mitch Morris is probably three times the size of Tua. And that, to me, is the other big thing here that's not discussed enough. Tua is incredibly undersized. Him taking those hits the way he does, it might not seem significant to the average viewer because we're used to watching Josh Allen get hit or we'll see, um, you know, Tom Brady get hit, Aaron Rodgers, who are, you know, they might not look like or Allen does, but Rogers and Brady might not look like freakish athletes. But if you saw them in person, you'll notice they're, they're bigger and taller than everybody yeah. else. Tua, right. 
He's, he's pretty much a normal guy. size guy yeah. back there. And when you're getting hit the way you do, especially like a guy, Matt Milano coming up the middle and taking mm-hmm. your head off, it's going to definitely, it's going to definitely impact you heavier than it would if Josh Allen took that same exact hit. So that's something that you got to keep into consideration when it comes to this guy's overall career. And the other thing too, Rev, nobody's going to be under more of a microscope going forward than Tua. Like mm-hmm. uh, Mitch Morse is a perfect example, right? Mitch Morse is going on his, his sixth concussion and we're talking about potentially hanging it up, but it's not like anybody else in the league is saying, Oh, did you hear Bill's center? Mitch Morse, Morse has his sixth concussion. We need to look into that. The unfortunate yeah. reality is Mitch Morse isn't a household name and no one's going to think twice about him having his sixth concussion. But if Tua gets his fourth concussion, say when he comes back week 17, if they wind right. up putting him back in there, that's going to be the biggest story anywhere. So yeah. that's another thing. He is, he's got his, he, he's in a really tough spot here because even if he does come back, he's constantly going to be examined probably 10 times more than anybody else is going to be. Yeah. And I, and I think also the reason why is because of the amount he had in one season, like Mitch's right. have been spread over the course of eight years in a season. You've got, you've got three in one year for, for Tua. So that, that, that's, that's what makes it, makes it so much more difficult now. And especially now with the, with the, with the, with the, the light, you know, um, 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 shining on them and that organization and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff with, with player safety. So it's, it's definitely, it's, it's sad because you know, the guy is what, what is he next year going into his, his what year four, I think. And so, you next know, he's going to be year four for two. So, yeah. so, you know, he, he's, he's trying to secure some financial stability for him and his family. So that, that's, that's a tough place for him to be in. Um, my, my prayers, I mean, generally uh, go out for two of them and I hope everything's all right with him. Uh, but he needs to, he needs yeah, he definitely needs, needs to take time and, and really get himself together and f- find out what's happening. It sucks. You don't wish it for anybody. I mean, no. truly, like you just said, the guy seems like a really good dude. Obviously, this is out of his control. I just think it all comes down to, you know, taking a hit like he did the other day where it, was, it wasn't like he got nailed. He got tackled at the legs and his head hit the ground. Yeah. A guy like Josh Allen is not going to be concussed on a play like that. He's way too big for his head. Or for one, yeah. maybe even not even get tackled on a hit like that, right? But yeah. two, Josh Allen, the way he's built, he's just not going to fall in that manner getting mm-hmm. hit by an NFL player, whereas Tua is much more likely to get nailed on a, on a standard hit. Oh, and yeah. You add that on top of everything we've already talked about, the numerous concussions he's already suffered, and then the fact that everybody's going to be looking at him extra closely – his career is it's definitely changed this season. You can't say it hasn't. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be interesting to watch how things go moving forward, not only you know towards his future, but over the next couple of weeks here. You know, yeah. if if the if the Dolphins win and they get into the playoffs, what's the move from Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it, def- it definitely will. And there's gonna be a whole lot of pressure on that organization, especially if they get in the playoffs to make a decision whether or not they're going to, you know, they, they play him if he clears the protocol or whether or not they just, they, 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 they do what they think is in their best interest of him instead of the actual team trying to, trying to win games, you know? Um, yeah, he's definitely going to be looking out for that in, in the near future and see what's going on. Uh, man, we let's, let's keep it moving up. Uh, Z-Bot, man, we've got over almost 200 people in this, in this chat right now. You guys have been just talking fan. about smash that like hit the subscribe button and turn on those bell notifications and let's keep this thing popping. Uh, let's go ahead and open up, man, with the, with a, uh, a, a, a kind of a this is a kind of a new segment, man. Z Bob that I had, man. It's called Love first it. and it's called first and ten. This is the leadoff topic of the show. Let's get it. 28, was it? It's first and ten, ten. First and ten, Z Bob, man. A little bit of a news around the league, man. Uh, off the top, man. JJ Watt. Yes, sir. JJ Watt. Uh, in case maybe you guys are living under a rock, you don't know about it, but JJ Watt has decided to call it a career 
after the end of this season. On Tuesday, he announced that he's retiring from the NFL at the conclusion of the season. Man, uh, Z-Bot, man, like when you, when you when you think about J.J. Watt and you just think about his 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 career and what he's meant to the to the NFL, yeah. Uh, how how uh, significant do you think this is for? I mean, uh, obviously, I mean for for the Arizona Cardinals, but but man, like his 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 when you look at his at his career, um, what do you think about J.J. Watt's career, like the legacy that he's going to leave behind? Well, I'll tell you what, over the last couple of weeks, he's been playing like a man that knows he's not going to be playing anytime soon <laughs> because he's been balling out. He's been having yes, yes. his way over the last couple of weeks. Um, man, J.J. Watt, uh, just in his uh, historic career, and, and you had posed the question, uh, is that what you want to get into, kind of the, the topic of whether or not he's going to be in Cannes someday? You kind yeah, of I'm, I'm getting yeah, there. Uh-huh, we'll I'm, we'll get, get to there in a minute. Yeah, we'll get uh-huh. to there. All right. But to, to kind of set up what I think about J.J. Watt, I think about a guy that – he embodied the Houston Texans for the duration of his career. When I think about players and when I think about their legacy, if the first person I think of is you, when I think about an organization, that to me says it all throughout the duration of his career, which was spent almost entirely in Houston. He was the best player on that team. No doubt. I mean, unarguably on defense, you could argue, you know, was DeAndre Hopkins better during that time or Deshaun Watson better. I, I don't know. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was the face of that franchise for the entirety of, you know, my growing up really up until just recently when he left the Arizona Cardinals. Now you're talking about what does it mean to Arizona? I don't know how much it really means him departing. We knew he was getting up there in age and this would be inevitable at some point. The Cardinals are also a hot mess. I could see them canning Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know what they're going to do with Kyler. He's injured, bad attitude. No one knows what's going on there, but JJ Watts overall career. I think it was one of the greatest at the position that we've seen in the modern era. And I also think when you couple that with his brother, they really became the Mannings of edge rushing. And then you pair that with the Bosa brothers as well. I think when we get older and we talk to our grandkids about, you know, the way we were talked to now about legends back in the day and, and how they impacted the game. I guarantee you when we talk about defense in the NFL, the Bosa brothers and the Watt brothers will be at the forefront of that conversation. And I've always thought that was a really cool thing to watch because it's really rare. You get players like JJ Watt through this league and you match that with a guy that's your own blood doing the same. And there's two other brothers doing the same thing in this league as well. It's cool stuff. So uh, JJ Watt, we thought he might've ended it with Buffalo. He didn't, but yeah. Yeah, a historic career for JJ Watt, and he just had Absolutely. his first kid, and and it's clear that it's a good time for him to hang it up. So it's good perfect, man. Watt. I mean, and, and then JJ Watt, I mean, I mean, this year, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed it. Uh, I mean, quietly, quietly, this year racked up nine and a half sacks. I know. Nine and a half sacks this year. Fourteen tackles for loss. 30, 33 total tackles in fourteen games played this year. He had a three sack um, game just a week ago. I mean, yeah, it's not man, like he doesn't like, still like, have it, you know. Man, he he he's st- he's still got it, man. But he's he's had a remarkable career. Um, you know, no doubt, no doubt, which brings me to this question, Z-Bot, because you already, you already kind of touching on it, which yeah. is exactly where I'm headed. Is J.J. Watt a Hall of Famer? 100%. Now, let me give you two reasons why. Yeah, I'm glad. A lot of people, it. when they come to talking about putting in defensive linemen and edge rushers, the first thing you're going to look at, of course, is the all-time sack list, which to this day, our main man Bruce Smith <laughs> still leads. He's the only yeah. player in history 
to to get to 200 sacks. And and it's amazing because you watch the way the league has has gone, and it seems like all the old heads' records are either already broken or you know are going to be broken sometime soon. You take a look at this list here, Rev. Yeah. And I don't know who's coming up on Bruce Smith anytime soon, really. It's going to be a while before we see anybody get there. But yeah. you will notice in this top 20 list that J.J. Watt is not on there, He's right? He's not on there. He has 111 and a half sacks. So Robert Mathis is at 123 to round out that 20. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, well, if he's not on that list, how does he classify? Well, we got to remember, J.J. Watt was banged up a lot throughout his career. He only played three games in 2016, five games in 2017, and seven games in 2021. So we're talking about three years where he played less than half a season, and he's still only about 10 sacks shy of that top 20 list. You have to think, just based on common sense, if he gets even one of those seasons in on a full clip, you're adding another handful of sacks there, and he's probably in that list. So that, to me, is the reason I put him in on that argument because he missed a lot of time and even with those games missed he's still just on the outside looking in Mm -hmm. I also look at the fact Rad, that he's a three-time defensive player of the year right that to me if there was a debate about the sack list that would keep him out that accolade will then trump that and then put him in I also think politics have a lot to do with it TJ Watt's going to be a Hall of Famer. Or you know, TJ Watt's going to be a Hall of Famer. You're not yeah. putting one in without the other. Right. I think the same of the Bosa brothers. Would Eli Manning be a Hall of Famer if it weren't for Peyton? A lot of people don't think so. I think anytime you beat Brady twice in the Super Bowl, that should be enough. But statistics <laughs> stay otherwise when it comes to Eli. But of course, he'll be a Hall of Famer. There's a lot of politics that play into it. And like we were just talking about, it's really cool to have a brother play just as well as you and be in the league as you in the same as the same time. It's also really cool to have that in the sense that that is going to be a major factor, uh, whether or not you make it into can or not, both those guys are going to be there. I also think yeah, another no thing too, that a lot of people won't talk about when it comes to getting into the hall of fame, but it should be talked about JJ Watt is a Walter Payton man of the year. He's been nominated just about every year. He's been in this league class act class act. And that's why when we were talking about it earlier, when I think about the Houston Texans, I think JJ Watt, and it's not just because of his play on the field. He was one of the most charitable players in that entire city for Mm -hmm. the duration of his career. So I think you couple together, you know, an unbelievable career on the field, an un- unbelievable career off the field, a family that has built a legacy within the NFL. J.J. Watt, surefire Hall of Famer, in my opinion. I couldn't have said it any better myself, man. And you know what? Um, Alexander comes in, and he says the same thing that I was just about to bring up. He says J.J. Watt was also a 3-4 defensive end. And so he wasn't your classic, you know, 4-3 edge rusher. I mean, he, this guy was playing a lot inside in the interior. Yeah, still and, does. And, 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 yeah, it still does. And it was just completely dominant. His entire career, uh, just utterly dominant. And so, yeah, there's, there's, there's no way, in my opinion, that this guy does not get in. Um, I want, I'm not too sure if he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, like, uh, like Roy Collins comes in. He says, you know, he's probably not a first ballot, but he'll definitely get in. I don't know. I think, I think, I think when, when you, and I don't know if you saw this he bought or not, but the Pro Football Hall of Fame, um, actually put out a tweet as soon as soon as he 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 had uh, uh, retired or indicated that he was retiring, that Pro Football Hall of Fame tweeted out that he wasn't going to be um, eligible until I think the 28th. 28, I think 2028 or 2026. I think, I think, no, maybe 2028. You have to be out of the league for at least five years in order to be, um, 
to qualify. To qualify, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, he he might get in. He might get in first battle. I don't, I don't know, man, but this, this guy has so much more going for him than just his play on the field like he had just mentioned. Um, You know what? A, a, another interesting thing about this list here as I'm going through it and not highlighted it is that is that the active players in this list right here, the sack leaders list, top 20, there's only one player that's still active right now. Who's, who's That's the crazy thing. And that's Vaughn Miller. That just goes to show you how insane that Bruce Smith stat is. I oh mean, my no one's even close, man. Nobody's close. Nobody's close. 200. The only Reggie person White. that was ever close is Reggie White, and he's considered to be one of the greatest defensive defensive yeah. players of all time. Yeah. The, and no one ever really talks about Bruce Smith, too, really, when you talk about, like, all-time D. He yeah. always gets overlooked. It's always Lawrence Taylor or Reggie yeah, White. it really know? is. But the you Bruce, want to know what Rev? The weight of a name also means a lot. A lot of people don't think that Brian Urlacher should be in the Hall of Fame. But you can't talk about – the linebacker position without bringing up Brian Urlacher. We should be talking about my era. Yeah. When I was a kid, he was the Chicago Bears. He was it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of times when people say this is a popularity contest, it's not all a popularity contest, but don't think that there's not some part of it that that is because there definitely is. And I think that of course really helps JJ. Like I I put, I put Urlacher up there with, with, uh, with Ray Lewis almost, you know, Kind of in that conversation. Yeah, like, it's funny. Like, when you look at Urlacher's stats, they're not necessarily at the Hall of Fame caliber when it comes to the linebacker position, but it's all about just the legacy you made for yourself. Yeah, and whether that yeah. was, you know, all stats or just, you know, the way you became the face of the league, there's so many different factors. I just think J.J. Watt for a long time, Rev, he was the face of, of defense when it comes to the NFL. He truly was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We're talking about a guy who got MVP votes. Uh, uh, right. One one of the years of his career, he did. So he did. It's not like he he didn't do it on the field as well. I just think that his name carries a lot of weight as well. Yeah, JJ Watt, man, is is a phenomenal person. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a phenomenal yeah. person. You know, and and so I, I I wish nothing but the best for him. I'm I'm glad he's he's able to to leave on in you know on his terms. I thought that picture that he had, you know, with his with 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 his baby right there, you know, with his with his wife. That that was just that was just beautiful, you know. And so, um, yeah, that's cool yeah. too. Yeah, Shout out, imagine man. getting your whole career behind you, a legacy like that, and then you get to start being a dad from day one and like oh, never not be around. Like that's yes, that's perfect. You did it right, man. He did I it mean, right, really. He he did it right, man. I, I love I love me some JJ Watt, man. Um, uh, you know, there's there's other news, man, that 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 happened. Um, and, and I'm going through all this news, Z-Box. I, I want to give you the chance, man, to really just this just just pour out, man, what's what you what you were unable to to talk about uh, on sure. Monday. I love it. Uh, but uh, the Broncos, the Broncos fired Nate Hackett. <laughs> I mean, they fired they Nate Hackett, about man. Sixteen weeks too long. Too on that. Le- right, exactly, man. Like Somebody I don't know what had- they were doing. Listen, listen, I. I don't even know how to summarize this. Watching the Denver Broncos is some sort of, of torture. I, I have watched, because we have been forced to watch them how many times now? At least six, seven oh, times in a standalone spot this year. And yeah. I've watched every one of them because it's NFL football and I'm, you know, a sucker. So I'll tune yeah. in. I, I cannot fathom how bad that team is. And I tweeted this out the other day. I, I Russell Wilson outside of the bills was my favorite player in the league. I thought he was everything right with football. He was, he was an unbelievable leader. He never got down on himself. He never got down on his teammates. He was always a rah, rah, you know, 
optimistic glass half full guy. I thought he had one of, if not the best long ball I have ever seen. Yeah. And I just loved what he brought to Seattle. I've always felt like Seattle was a West coast Buffalo with their fans and their, and their pride. I just loved everything about Russell Wilson. And I loved everything about his game, man. And to watch how pathetic he has been this year, it's sickening. It is unwatchable football. It is unwatchable football. And you're not going to can Russell Wilson with that contract. No, you're not. The Walmart family (laughs) out behind the shed and robbed him blind. That is the last thing you're going to be able to do. So somebody's got to take the brunt of this failure this year. And this is a team that I know you were in agreement with me before the season. This is a team that I would never have imagined was going to be sitting on the outside of the playoff bubble, let alone being one of the worst teams in football with Mm. With a top five defense, that's just how bad that offense has been. I mean, what's the stat, Rev? I think they they would be they'd have ten wins if they had just scored seventeen points in all of their games. That's, that's it. Crazy. That's how that's bad they are, Rev. So yeah. Hackett had to go. I think everybody knew he was gone weeks ago. Um, at this point, though, I don't know why you just don't wait till the season's over because you're not making the playoffs. You have two more weeks to wait it out. I guess they yeah. just wanted to get ahead of it. I get ahead no of idea. it, yeah, and try to and try to you know you know start to start this yeah. this whole head coaching, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, process. I mean, that's what I want them competing with us, Rev. I really don't. But I just hope that next year, that when they do get another coach in there, whether it's I don't know Frank Reich or they they give Sean Payton an amount of money he can't refuse. I don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. But no matter what happens, I I would really like to see it come to a point where we say, oh wow you know, Hackett was really that bad of a coach and Russell Wilson's back to playing ball. That's consumable. Not to me, not, I'm not sitting here saying, Oh, I hope the Broncos are back competing with the bills. What I'm saying is, yeah, I hope that when I turn on the Broncos, I don't want to turn on um, 60 minutes instead. You see what I'm saying? I hope it's watchable next year. I hope the reason was Nathaniel Hackett, because if it wasn't Rev, probably the biggest collapse in talent we have ever seen. Utter collapse. Utter collapse. It, it just seemingly overnight, right? Seemingly overnight. It's, it's, that, 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 that and, and, and what's the argument? I mean, they have a, they have a, they have all they the have extreme the world. talent. And yeah. like, like you had mentioned, like we had thought at the beginning of the year that that the Broncos were probably even going to be able to push for you know the the, the, the division thought, lead. Absolutely. That AFC West was like absolutely. we thought, man, that's a gauntlet between the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos. I mean, Russell Wilson came in here, man, with weapons. He came in here with Cortland Sutton. Jerry yep. Judy, uh, before Javante Williams got hurt, I mean, he, he phenomenal. He tons of weapons. I, I, I don't think anybody could have possibly have fathomed this. Nobody could have. No, no. And the other thing too is, Rev. Not only is it bad, it's to the point where they got guys fighting each other on the sidelines. I, clip, I mean, it's yeah. an utter implosion. And yeah. and I just, for the life of me, can't understand it. When I when I do bring up how stunned I am at this collapse, everybody always says. It's Hackett's fault. Well, I guess we'll see, right? I yeah. guess we'll see. Because now there's no excuse, right? But the oh, problem, has to be, yeah. I mean, think about it. And I always think about this from a fanhood perspective. And I always think about it um, in a positive light, unless you're like a Jets or a, a Dolphins or a Patriots fan, you can go to hell, right? But yeah. like when it's a Broncos fan base, I got no problem with the Broncos fan base. Could you imagine the Bills, right? Given whatever amount of money, say they were in the same position as, as you know, Denver where they had drew lock and they, and they needed a guy 
and they had all the other pieces ready to rock and they just needed that guy to get over the hump and they go out and they get Russell Wilson, who has been a top five quarterback in this league over the last decade. And that's what happens. And not only does that happen, but you're tied to him for an astronomical amount of guaranteed money. I mean, no fan base deserves that, Rev. So you got to hope that something gets going there. Because they absolutely brutal. they absolutely bury that that franchise, man, with that, oh, with that type of a contract. And now it's no looking like picks too. No, none. And and you know, at the time we had thought, like, you know what? I, I think that the Seahawks got fleeced. That's what we're thinking. Like, man, they got they got uh uh Drew oh, Locke and Pete Carroll and, after and the bank, man. Now now he looks well, that's like the other he, thing, Rev. Imagine looks- all that happening, and then Geno Smith. I know it's kind of faltered oh, as of late, yeah, but yeah. they still had. An infinitely better season than Denver did. Yeah, I just I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Yeah, it is miraculous. It it is weird. It's weird, man. And and, and like like back to your point, man, about about just how the how they're imploding here. Um, uh, this just with the team and check check this clip out, man. We we see these guys arguing and fighting and pushing each other like on the side. This is ridiculous, man. You see this right here. Uh, we got that's crazy, man. Like the old. Just pushing. Who, who was that? Who was that backup quarterback? Ripken. Oh, Ripken. I think it's who it was. He went in because. So what happened yeah, was Ripken. Ripken. Russ got sacked for what I think was the seventy seventh time the other night. I mean, every snap he got sacked, and I think the, yeah. the whole line just said screw it. They didn't help him up. Brett Ripken went over and yelled <laughs> at him, and then you know yeah. it turned. I would not want to be Brett Ripken facing down one of them hogs on the yeah. old line. But that's yeah. what happened. Um, yeah. You know, the other thing I look at, too, is, and this is what happens, I think. Think about it from the defensive perspective, right? You got a top five D all year, oh, man, and yeah. you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have one of the worst records in this league come the end of the season. How can the, how can the locker room not implode? I mean, how can it That's not true. implode when you have that good of a unit and you can't win a ball game? It makes no yeah. sense. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you can't score any points whatsoever, and, and the defense is playing stellar like they have. Like, what, like it, it doesn't, yeah, I, I would be, I would be highly upset. Um, at, at them. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't understand what's going on there. Hopefully, like you had mentioned, it is just an, uh, a yeah. hacket problem. Like, like we knew, like right when they made it higher, we're like, okay, that's that's crazy. They, I, I think they had thought that he was going to be able to lure Aaron Rodgers. That's exactly you know, it. You know what I'm saying? And then it, that didn't work out, and so now they were just stuck with the dude, which is a stupid decision to make it anyway. You know, based on that. And uh, we knew and he was Wilson, good based on sheer talent alone should have been able to should have been able to cover up some of the woes of yeah. coaching. That yeah. to me, I mean, you know, and, and Pete Carroll is a defensive coach too. So it wasn't like it was, um, it wasn't like it was offensive. Uh, it was, it was offensive oriented in Seattle under Pete Carroll necessarily either. So it wasn't yeah. like it was this big drop off. I'm dying to see who they get in there and how things turn around because like we keep talking about Rev, I, I cannot think of another example of a player going from that good to that bad that quickly. I, I don't know if we'll ever see it again. Truly. It was, it was a real modern like a modern myth that we watched this year with with russell wilson in the worst possible way yeah yeah definitely and and you know um when we're talking about about who they could possibly hire does is that job appealing if you're if you're a head coach you think so even even with the contract with russell wilson so i got two reasons why i got one reason why i think it's appealing one reason why i don't think it's appealing Okay. I think it's appealing because you got a team that if you do get things turned around, that they can compete immediately. You got a top five defense that that right there is already hard enough to, 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 
to develop in this league, right? Mm -hmm. you, you pair that with a quarterback that you your sample size of him being great is so much wider than him being not great. You got to think that if you are able to do what you think works best within an offense, that if you think that if you trust your coaching ability, that this team can and will get back to being a playoff contender. You have yeah. to think that if you have what it takes to be the head coach of an NFL team, which Nathaniel Hackett did not, he did not have, what oh, he didn't have it. He had coach. He knew it. Yeah. But if you think that you are a guy, and I think a perfect example would be Frank Reich, who I think got absolutely boned in Indianapolis and was unfairly fired. Yeah, he was shafted. Yeah. That's a guy who's had a lot of success with offenses that, you know, not, that weren't necessarily prominent without him being in the fold. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he'd be a good fit, but I also think that the reason I would take the job, you have good pieces that you already have at your disposal. Mm -hmm. The other reason why I wouldn't take it, however, one, you don't have the ability to add to that team the way most other opportunities would give you. You're yeah, not going to no, be yeah, able to draft. Yeah. You're not going to have the money to do it. Also, you're dealing with a with an ownership in the Walmart family. They're not going to mess around. They're, they're, we're talking about an ownership no. here, the wealthiest in the league. We're oh, talking yeah. about a, a, a business people here who have built up a business more prominent than any other business in the world. Yeah. You are going to be under a microscope to say the least. Um, yeah. It'd be a really tough job, but I think a job that if, if you play it right, it could definitely have its benefits for sure. What do you think about it? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Um, I, I think Russell Wilson is kind of what is, is what makes it maybe less attractive because of that contract, you know, right? I mean, it, it's, it's – Okay, if, if if I'm a coach, and I guess this goes, I mean, I, I could pose this question like like if are you leaning more towards an offensive minded head coach, right? Because you you clearly think that that's that's the that's the thing, right? You need somebody in there who can fix the offense because you got the top five defense, you got weapons on offense, you need somebody who can kind of bring it together. And so if you're looking at this team and you're looking at Russell Wilson, uh, you see Nathaniel Hackett he get fired, he's like, okay, well maybe he was a problem, but what if, what if? Russell is a problem as well. And now you're just hamstrung. You're, you can't, you're, you're, you're in, you're in quarterback purgatory because you're, you're yeah. strapped with that cat, with that, with that contract, you can't get out from underneath it. So you have to eat it and you have no, no means upon which to add another quarterback. So you're really stuck, you know, and that's, that's the weird thing about Russ though, right? Because we, we, we think one thing about him Rev and then we hear other things about him. That's yeah. the one thing to your point that I think is fair. I don't know if we know who Russell Wilson is. I don't know if yeah. I know who he is anymore. I thought I did. Yeah. But then you hear all this stuff coming out about him, right? Yeah. Huh. So you might be right to a degree there. Yeah. I just think that there's enough talent there that if you if you really trusted your coaching ability, you would feel you'd be able to turn it around, right? Yeah. But to your point, it, it, it's, it's iffy with Russell Wilson, man. A lot it more is. questions and answers right now surrounding him, not just on the field, but more so of who the, who he is as a guy. I don't think yeah, people quite know him, anymore. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not too sure if, if guys are really buying into him. You know, great. Um, and and we have we have you know some coaching candidates, man. And of course, uh, I mean Leslie Frazier, our very own, has been thrown into that that conversation here. I'm looking at a you know bet online, um, had put out a tweet um earlier talking about who will be the next uh, head coach of the Broncos, and they list Leslie Frazier on there with plus sixteen hundred odds, um, to be that. So you know he's going to be in the conversation. The yeah, the favorite is Sean Payton. Favorite of Sean you know, Payton at plus four four hundred, and then Dan Quinn, uh, right beneath him, and then Jim Caldwell. That, I think the Chargers are going to fire Brandon Staley and hire. Do you think they're going to do that? It, especially Payton. with them being in the playoffs. I think either that happens, or Sean Bra Sean Payton and Tom Brady team up and do some absolute BS and go somewhere. Oh, I think that that's God. the two options. If oh, I'm Sean Payton, that. I'm worth more than going to Denver right now. 
He's the exactly he's the, the litter. He's the guy yeah. out of anybody that can turn you down. Yeah, I think Frank Reich is that one option to me where it just seems like he definitely wants to coach again, and he has the demeanor to be able to deal with a situation like that. Whereas Sean Payton is kind of like in a situation. It's almost like a situation he where if have to were it. to get fired for God, yeah. for some godforsaken reason, there wouldn't be a team in the league who wouldn't put in a, a voucher for him. That's who Sean Payton kind of is right now. Right. And I think Sean Payton sees Justin Herbert. And I yes. think he sees the potential that the Chargers have. That's how I lean. But hey, they just made the playoffs. It makes it a bit tough. We'll see. Yeah, and I think I think Staley just may. I mean, he may have, he may have bought him some extra time. He, I, he I don't know. Have, he might have. It'll but depend you, on how they do. Yeah, you know, Peyton's been sitting out there in L.A. too. So that's, that's going to be that's going to be something interesting to see, man. But I, I'm glad I'm glad that uh to see Leslie Frazier in this in the circuit. You know, I'm not too sure um if if he's going to land a job. I mean, you guys well, thinking I mean, you've got you've got the Broncos and you've got the Panthers job maybe coming do up. They want to go D oriented at the head coach. Yeah, that's the thing. That's I, I don't know. It, 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 I guess it, it would depend upon who he decides to bring um, for his offensive coordinator. You know, um uh, and and and. He, that job may just turn guys like Sean Payton and, and the cream of the crop off. And you may need somebody in there. Who's just a level-headed guy, like a, like right. Leslie Frazier, just to kind of, you know, put the pieces together. Um, and, and I hate to say like, be a bridge, you know, head coach. I, I don't like to use that term. Cause I think Leslie Frazier is, is deserves more than that, but you know, um, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a bad idea depending upon who he decided to bring as his OC. But I mean, that's, we'll see, man. We'll see. This, well, unfortunately this, this, for Frazier and for anybody that's a defensive coordinator now, that, that's not what teams want to roll with at the head coaching spot. I mean, I think today, yeah. if the Bills didn't have McDermott, they wouldn't go. I don't think they'd go McDermott-oriented. I think McDermott got in at the best possible time. Right on time, yeah. Yeah, where they were still hiring. I mean, think about it. Over the last few years here, it just Red doesn't Ryan. make sense the way the league's yeah. going. So I think yeah. that's why he hasn't gotten a gig yet. Yeah, yeah, I think so too, man. And that's that's unfortunate because I I would love to see Leslie Frazier with a with another opportunity, man. Because he's I, th- I think he's a, he's a stand up guy, great coach. I mean, ball ball accounts. Yeah, you know, I love him as a guy. Players he's, love he's, him. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it. Moving on, man. Moving on. Yeah, we are an hour. Man, we can we can go on for like three hours, dude. Like this is crazy. This hour seems you know, like it's been thirty minutes. We haven't even touched on the game. No, and crazy. we're gonna and yeah, we're gonna jump into it right now, man. So you guys smash that like. So glad that you guys are still joining us live man uh shout out to my man z bot i want to see some fire emojis and some mic drops in the in the, in the chat from my man z bot coming off uh, of a sickness man on the holidays and here he is man uh, toughing it out and he's back with it back on the saddle doing his thing i'm glad to see my man z bot here it was good yeah big it feels, week it feels good, big, week. big week man can't be wasting time and bet on this week man oh man no we can't this this is this is a monster game this is a Huge. monster game, man. Uh, in case you didn't know, man, this game is for all the Marvels. This is this is the battle for the number one seed in the AFC. Your beloved Buffalo Bills going into Cincinnati to host the Bengals, who have been on an absolute tear. What is seven game winning streak? Seven uh, for the Bengals, six for the Bills. It doesn't get better than this, baby. It is a huge, huge, huge game for the Bills and the Bengals. But before we get into that, we have to talk about this Z-Bot. I mean, you know, right, that that the Buffalo say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell 
them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Has the greatest fans of all time. I've been right. told. Yeah. Buffalo has told. the absolute greatest fans of all time. And you know what? It is about time that somebody recognized it and gave us a trophy for it. What do you mean, Please. Rev? What do you mean, Rev? The tailgate touchdown figurine celebrates Buffalo's world-famous game day tradition of breaking tables. Featuring Buffalo's unofficial mascot, Shout the Broken Table, this trophy spot is a perfect gift for any true Bills fan. So get your tailgate touchdown today at tailgate-mafia.com. Also, make sure you download football's only app dedicated to tailgating. Just simply type Buffalo Table Slam in the App Store and start breaking tables in augmented reality right now. You can't beat that thing. The Pierre's watching. Where is it? He's supposed to be sending right. me one of those bad boys. I want to hoist it. I know you do. Over my head, Monday <laughs> night, when the one seed is just that much closer, Rev. Yes, sir. Love that idea. Those guys are genius uh, for doing that. We genius, do man. We do genius need a idea. damn trophy. It's about damn time. It's about time. And, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's not the only trophy we're going to be hoisting up this year. Oh, far Come from on. it. Far from <laughs> it. Tell you what. Well, the, the trophy I'll be hoisting up until I break into the facility and get my hands on that Lombardi. Until oh, then, I'll be holding up man, the uh, man, I'll be holding man. up that one. Dude, I can't wait, man. I, I can't I can't wait. Z bot. Where do we start here, Rev? Z bot all the time in the world. Look, let's let's, let's 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 jump right into it, man. All right. Let's do it. So we are gonna jump right into this 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 preview of the Bills and the Bengals. All right, and as we as we get ready to preview it, man, look. We have to talk about uh, this. Is, this is a segment called "Put Up or Shut Up." Put up, shut up. Zeba, we all know, man, that the Bills have a massive, absolutely massive matchup on Monday Night Football on the road in Cincinnati, Huge. in the jungle, versus the Red Hot Bengals, mm. a team who is eleven and four, only one game back. Off the lead in the AFC with the head-to-head victory over the Chiefs and are on a seven-game win streak of their own, right right ahead of the Bills' six-game win streak. And uh, we had said, like you had mentioned earlier in uh, uh, in the show, we had talked about this um, at the beginning of the season when the schedule came out about how this game could possibly determine the AFC number one seed. And it looks like it's shaping out to be the case, man. Um, so, Bob, as, as, as we preview this matchup, I want you to do this. Give me one player, one player, maybe maybe from each team, but you can start from the Bills. One player from the Bills first who you think needs to put up or shut up in this game. Tredavious White's got to put up or shut up in this game. Right. Bro, you took my guy, man. Go ahead. I, go ahead. Yeah, you did. You listen, did. <laughs> listen, I don't I think it. it's much of a secret. Yeah. The Bengals have the best wide receiver core in the league. I mean, it is lethal. Jamar Chase, as good as it gets. T. Higgins, he's been balling out. Tyler Boyd, of course. Of course. Great di- uh, dip, 
ditch-off type running back in Joe Mixon, who gets involved in the pass game quite often. And then Joe, Joe Burrow, who all of a sudden has been playing at an MVP caliber over the last month and a half or so. This offense is as good as it gets. And when I look at what the Bengals want to do every week, especially in a game where we know the Bills have struggled against teams wide receiver one, we can list off every player of note that has had their day against the Bills this season. I mean, there's plenty of them. Amon Ross St. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper. There's several guys who have had their day. And Justin Jefferson is better than all of them, but Justin, or excuse me, but uh, Jamar Chase is better than all of them, but Justin Jefferson, arguably. Tredavious White is back, right? He's back. And I don't think we've talked about it enough because, you know, we've been winning and it's not like we've necessarily had him ball out to the point where it's won or lost us a game or he's made a big play where it stood out. And oh, thank God Tredavious White's back. He's been noticeable over the last couple of weeks, I think, especially in the Miami game. I thought there were a couple of plays that he stepped up on. Now, he did get cooked on a few plays as well, but find me somebody who's not getting torched by Tyreek Hill. That, that happens. This game, though, it's not like you just got to cover one guy and hopefully, you know, you can get on your way defensively like you were able to the other night against uh, the the Bears, who, you know, there's no threat deep. You only have right. to contain Justin Fields, and that's pretty much it. Um, it's not like you're playing against New England a couple of weeks ago where there's no threat there. You noticed when we played in weather against Miami, despite – the fact that later on in the game, the D really did make multiple plays standing on their head that wound up saving the day for them. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle still had theirs the other night. They definitely they did. did. This is a game. I don't, I don't think I can fathom a result that doesn't come down to the last drive. And I think that the difference here could be a guy like Tredavious white, who we have missed dramatically over the last season up until now, a guy who is an all pro corner amongst a young secondary without Micah Hyde. I think that Tredavious white, this is the game where you say, thank God Tredavious white is back from injury. Thank God we were able to get him back before the playoffs. If he can make a play or two against Jamar Mm -hmm. chase or T Higgins, I'm not saying he's got to shut down one or one of them because that's not going to happen. And that's also not his game. It really isn't. But if they can get a play or two, right? Tredavious White can get a play or two that can alter the game just that much. It's going to mean all the difference. This is one of those games, Rev, where you're going to go back to one or two plays from either side, and you're going to say that really was the game. I can do it right now with the Miami game. There was one or two plays in the first quarter where Miami, they failed to stick to the run game. They threw it, and they wound up settling for three points on both those drives. That wound up being the difference. I think Tredavious White in this game, if he can get the best of Jamar Chase or T. Higgins on one or two snaps, either force a turnover or there's a play downfield, like, oh, you're thinking deep ball touchdown for Jamar Chase, and somehow Tredavious White makes a play, that to me is all the difference. You're an all-pro corner who was the leader of this defense until you got hurt, or one of them at least. And now, with it being banged up as it is, with the secondary being as hobbled as it's been and as young as it is, this to me, Rev, seems like the game and the opportunity for Tredavious White to re-solidify himself as that guy we've all known that he has been and can continue to be once he gets back to full strength. It's been several weeks now since he's been back, Rev. This is the moment, and I think that we have an opportunity against the team who all they want to do is go after their elite receivers. He's going to have his chances. It's going to come down to whether or not he steps up and does so.
And if he does rev, that could mean all the difference. It really could. Man, I love it. I I, I couldn't agree with you more because Trey White was was my guy on my list that I needed to see him uh, step up in this game. And and, and like you had mentioned, which is um, which is perfect, we're not looking for him to shut down anybody. Because, I mean, first, first and foremost, a healthy Trey White still ain't shutting down Jamar Chase. Like, these top guys, they're going to get theirs, right? I mean, you look at Diggs. Yeah. Who's shutting Diggs down? I mean, nobody, right? These top guys, they're, they're going to eat. You just want to contain them. Um, and, and have a play or two uh, uh, more that at the right time in the game, right? Because these guys are going to – they're still going to go off. Um, and this game in particular, man, this Bengals team is fire hot, fire hot. And Jamar Chase is back healthy now, and you've got him and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. You can bet everything you have that Joe Burrow and that offense are going to try to torch this secondary and make the Bills defend them. I think it's going to be a shootout type of a game, or it could be. Um, and we need Trey White. We definitely need Trey White because when you look at the opposite opposite of Trey White, I don't really have any 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 expectations, man. Or, or my expectations no. are very low. But uh, when I when I look at at the cornerback opposite of Trey White, Dane Jackson, we know he's been getting torched all year, starting since the since the the Browns game when Jacoby Brissett was lighting him up in with the Mari Cooper. He hasn't looked good. We see Kyrie Elam in the doghouse for whatever reason is. I don't know what's going on with that situation there, but he hasn't been getting a lot of snaps here. Uh, but now he's starting to kind of get, 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 I guess, get ramped up more. So, but at this time, you know, I don't know how much you can really rely upon him now either. So you're, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of in, in a rock and in between a rock and a hard place at your CB2 spot right now. And so you need some, you need some veteran presence against these type of quality uh, wide receivers and uh, Trey White, man, we need him uh, to do something to, to kind of – because I, I think, man, I, th- I think they're going to go after him. I think they're going to go after him and Dane Jackson. Gonna go or else. They're going to go after real? him, man, and it's going to be tough. And we know that even Trey White back in his when, – when he was 100% healthy, he struggles against big receivers. And Jamar Chase is not a small guy. T. Higgins, 6'4", big receiver. And so this is going to be a huge task for our secondary, um, especially at our cornerback position. And we definitely, definitely need to see something out of Trey White uh, in, in this matchup. As I think Teron Johnson's been playing p- pretty solid, too. If we can get yeah. a combination of those two guys really stepping up. But like you just said, Reverend, I wanted to piggyback on that because there's a tweet going around right now about, you know, how the Bills have fared against their wide receiver ones that they've been facing off against. And that's been a complaint yeah. of mine for a while now because it's a notable takeaway you, you got guys who have had solid days I mean there's no there's no other way to put it Justin Jefferson was just south of 200 as I mentioned Amari Cooper Amon Ross St. Brown I mean those are guys who also get theirs every week I think that that's a really right. easy point to make the, the thing is though the Bills have lost three games right with by a combined eight points mm-hmm. this team and we've talked about this plenty they bend but don't break and that's where I'm talking about Tredavious White coming up Jamar Chase is he gonna be is he going to be near 100 yards? More than likely, right? Is T. Higgins right. going to be near 100 yards? More than likely. They're going to get theirs. But what I'm talking about when it comes to, to, to Tredavious White, it's that yeah. one or two plays, right, where maybe they bend, right? They get down and Jamar Chase does make a play. But can Tredavious White make that play to prevent the Bills' D mm-hmm. from breaking? That's what it all comes down to. You're not going to go out into into this game and completely take away the best wide receiver core in the league. Nobody does that. I mean, you look at Justin Jefferson's numbers, 
against the Bills. He has done that against every single team every they corner. played this year. It does not matter. It you does not matter. Yeah. It's a bend but don't break defense. They've been kings at that. They are the absolute masters at finding a way to allow you to get yours to some degree, but keeping you out of the end zone or either if they let you in the end zone, they step up in critical moments when they matter most. Can Tredavious White, can he figure that out against this top elite tier wide receiver core for the, for the Cincinnati Bengals? Man, love it. Love it. Uh, we need it. We need him bad, badly. Now, now, now for me, um, I'm gonna look at the offensive side of the ball. And there was there was a couple a couple of players that I that I that I had thought about um touching on, but I'm not gonna put these guys out there like that. For me, I think the person who needs to put up or shut up in this game is Ken Dorsey. I need Ken Dorsey to really show that he can go toe-to-toe, blow for blow coaching wise against some of the top teams in the national football league. This, this is a playoff primer game right now, huge implications. We're trying to maintain that number one seed going into the playoffs and we cannot afford to have a coaching gaffe again, the biggest game of the regular season against the Cincinnati Bengals. When you know, they're going to be coming with it. I need Ken Dorsey specifically offensively, man. Uh, when you look at Stefan Diggs. You had mentioned, Zbot, wide receiver ones across the league, eating. Justin Jefferson, doesn't matter what you do to him. He's still going to eat his. He's still going to get his. Amon Ross St. Brown, you mentioned him. Uh, Jamar Chase, uh, so many others, right, are still finding ways to get the ball and put up numbers. My issue is I'm looking at the numbers from Stephon Diggs the past few games. The past few games. Let's, let's go back to the Jets game. Five targets, three receptions, 37 yards. Against Miami, nine targets, five receptions, 60 yards. And against Chicago, two for two, two targets, two receptions, 26 yards. And in all three of those games, zero touchdowns from your number one wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. There should be absolutely no reason why you cannot get your number one guy fed. I understand you may try to be balanced and you want to run the ball, but come on now. Look, there's no, you, you cannot have these lapses where these guy where this guy like this is getting next to zero, next to zero, man. And his, 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 his total is, is dropped big time in these last few games. This is not, this is something we're not used to. And I don't blame Diggs at all because we know he's one of the best wide receivers in the game right now. He's almost always open. Is it a combination of Josh and Ken Dorsey? Likely, right? But when I look at Ken Dorsey as a guy who's calling this offense, you need to be able to figure out ways to get your guy the ball, get him involved in the offense early and often. Don't just be content to have him on there and be like, oh, well, he's being doubled, so let's just move away from him and let's just look at some other guys. Don't forget that. Find a way to get this guy involved. And when you're playing Monday night, all the lights are on. Playoff primer. Come on, man. This is for the number one seed, or 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 or, or you're gonna have to go on the road in the playoffs. I need Ken Dorsey to figure out a way to get the ball into his playmakers' hands early and often because we know this is going to be likely a high-scoring game. I think the 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 uh, the 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 uh, 
the over under in this game, the last I checked was like 49 and a half. It's 49, yeah. 49, right? So we're already expecting a high scoring game. Ken Dorsey, do not screw this game up. And I think the same goes for McDermott. You want to talk about a situation where we've we've had we've had the arguments made where he gets into a big game and they find a way to wind up faltering. This game is yeah. as big as it gets. It's as Huge. big as it gets. This game is playoff. It's a playoff game. A playoff this game, game yeah. is a playoff game. McDermott, the whole coaching staff. I mean, this is a, you. You want to talk about a put up or shut up? You can really make an argument for this entire yeah. entire team. coaching staff. Yeah, staff team, down. Yeah. I mean, this is the game to do it. They've won six straight, and the Bengals have won seven straight. But both teams throughout this win streak have had lulls. Believe me, the yeah. Bengals should have lost to the Patriots last week. Mm-hmm. They allowed the Patriots all the way back in that game up 22 to nothing. We know what the Bills have done throughout the course of this win streak. There have been games perhaps they should have lost as well. Detroit comes to mind. Doesn't matter. You got to this point. These two teams are so incredibly similar. They're so similar. It's unbelievable how how identical these two, these two yeah. teams are in so many different aspects. So that, to me, is why it comes down to these one or two plays, Rev. And that's why when you say put up or shut up, it's organizational. Like, yeah. the whole thing, top to bottom. Top to and bottom. that has a lot to do with coaching. One or two plays, that oftentimes can be, you know, that can be the difference between one coach having a terrific outing and one coach not having a terrific outing. One or two plays where you dialed something up, the other team didn't see coming. It's going to be those little things on Monday Night Rev. That's how close this game is going to be. Absolutely, and the pressure is on this coaching staff. The pressure is on Ken Dorsey. I know first-year offensive coordinator, but still, whatever, suck it up, Buttercup. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this is a, this is a primetime, big-time game. You, you, need, you need to show something. I mean, you've you got the keys to a Ferrari on offense. You cannot afford to have lapses. I go back to – we go back to the Chicago game. I was extremely frustrated against a poor team. The first half, I was I thought they were going to ruin my Christmas, but it, it was it was looking brutal. And and oh, and, I hear you. and, and I hear you know, you. like going into that game, we're like, man, he probably should you need to run the ball. Understand the elements, understand what you what 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 you're involved in, right? And and just lean on, especially when the guy, when when Josh is off. Had it not been, I think the only saving grace was the fact that we were playing against the a, a poorest team in the Chicago Bears. You know, and they finally kicked it on in the second half and, and outscored the Bears. I think twenty nine to three in the second half. Okay, but that was against the Bears. You do that against a against the Bengals Monday night, you could be looking at a blowout loss. Okay, and so that's how important this is. We can't afford to to waste possessions on offense. And so this is going to be a huge game, not just for the players involved, but also for the uh, for the coaching staff. I'm glad you had mentioned that. Uh, Zeba, we got we got a super chat in here, man. My man Silas Widow comes in here, man. Zeba, go ahead and, and uh, tell me what Silas is saying. So I was just saying he likes our D-backs against any wide receiver core. And Frazier is going to make sure we stay ahead of Cincy on down and distance. We should be able to play physical on these wide receivers. I love our offense against their D. I think he makes some solid points here. I think the way that I look at this game and the way Silas is bringing it up, you can make that argument in just about any facet of this game where you could say, you know, I love this matchup. I love that matchup. I think what it all comes down to is when you really get down into the numbers, these two teams are so I, – I can't get over how identical they are. Yeah. So the matchups are all terrific because they all typically, when you look all the way down, when it comes to either the defense, the scoring defense, the passing defense, the points per game on offense, these two teams are so similar, the quarterback play. So 
it, it, it really is. It's going to be matchup based, I think. And what what of these major matchups, right? When it comes to like mm-hmm. Silas is saying, our D backs against these wideouts, or you know, Josh Allen against this defense. Yeah. Which matchup of the several throughout the game is going to lean one way or the other to be the difference? Because that, to me, is how marginal this it's game, very close. This game's outcome is going to come down to. Very close. And Silas, he backs it up again. I mean, with the same thing you were saying about matchups, he says the key matchup will be Groot versus their backup right tackle. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think these are some some serious matchups that we need to be taking a look at. And, and I definitely agree with him that that Frazier is going to have these guys dialed in, right, um, and make sure they try to stay ahead of the chains. But you know what? I, I've got something I want I want I want to say about that. Um, and I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring this up here in our last segment of the game. Um, but let's let's go ahead and just jump right into it because we are an hour and twenty five into the show, uh, and and uh, I want to go ahead and touch on this uh, right before we go ahead and wrap up. But uh, man. You guys, 200 plus, man. We're still building. 200 of you guys in here right now, man. Shout out to everybody who's watching right now. If you have not already done so, smash that like button like you've never smashed a like button before. And go ahead and subscribe to the channel and turn on those bell notifications because you don't want to miss any content like we're bringing you guys tonight on the Buffalo Fanatics and Rated Red with my man Z-Bot here. So as we get here and we move forward, man, I've got, I've got a segment I want to get into, man. And uh, and this is what we're gonna use. Uh, let me see if I can if I can pull it up. Here it is. This is gonna be our keys to big big dubs. Big dubs. Keys to big dubs, man. And shout out to Jordan Poyer. So Zbot, when we look at when we look at at, at keys, and, and and you know Silas had brought up brought up this point about about uh about Frazier making sure we stay ahead of the chains. I think this is what's gonna be important. Because when I look at this matchup here. And I was looking at some stats, and this really popped off the screen to me. The mm. Bengals, and I think, I think on defense, man, on defense, what they Bills need to do is limit the limit the Bengals' third down conversion percentage. They're limit one of the best down, in the league. They're one of the best in the league, especially at home. The Bengals at home, fifty three point eight five percent third down conversion rate, number one in the league on third downs at home. And we look at the Bills' defense, okay? The Bills' defense, they give up 37.95% on third downs to their opponents. And that's 11th in the league. When they're mm-hmm. at home, it's, 40 point, it's 40.23%. Away, though, they're better at away, and it's 36.11% on defense. So this is going to be a matchup of third down, in my opinion. When you're going against a Since team with number is one. worse at it, though, as well, if you look at it, you're right. Yes. Absolutely. Since he has a worse D than the than the Bills coming into uh-huh. the, the third down situation. Third down, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Who can win that third down? Who can win? You know, because since he on offense is number one in, in third down conversion rate. But our defense, we know, has been kind of suspect on third down, especially third and long. So if you can get these guys. Now, I agree that Frazier is going to try to stay ahead of the chains. But, man, if you get a third and long, that's the money down. That's where I think these guys need to show up and show up. Get off of the field. Get off of the field, man, because we know Cincy is extremely good on third downs. And if they can keep the, if they can stay on the field, um, on, especially on third down, converting those first downs, man, it's going to be, it could be a long game for the Bills. It, 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 and, 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 and then to couple that with the fact that they can run the ball with Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. And we know that's the book on the Bills is you want to keep that offense off of the field as long as you can, right? And so, 
It's going to be tough sledding for the Bills, but I think third down matchups, both on, on the defensive side of the ball and on, on offensive side of the ball, going against their defense is going to be a key to Big Dub. Seabot, man, do you do you have any keys, man, for this for this uh, for Big Dubs for the Bills? Which of these quarterbacks is going to get the turnover monkey off of their back? That oh, is going to be absolutely critical. Uh, Joe Burrow has four tur- he has four picks in the last three games. Josh coming off of that multi pick game against. Chicago and those were two absolutely horrific picks I I cannot understand how does he go from the game he has in Miami where he just can't miss I mean it's just everything he does is just like you're watching you're just watching greatness every snap especially in the second half and then on Sunday, I mean, that game was won on offense because of the ground game. They ran for over 250 yards, and the defense outside of the first drive was absolutely balling. They shut down Chicago on every single, you know, series post-first drive. Yeah, Josh did not play well on Sunday, but in the, in the biggest moments under the lights, he plays phenomenally. Mm-hmm. And we saw that a couple of weeks ago against the Dolphins, and we've seen that throughout the year. We've seen that throughout his career. But he absolutely cannot be throwing balls. Like there was three balls against oh, man. The, bang, or the, the Bears. Two were intercepted. And then if you remember off of his back foot cross field to Gabe Davis, how that ball wasn't intercepted, I'll, oh, I'll my never gosh. know. Even one of those balls against the Bengals could be all the difference. And right. the thing of it is, he did not have a single one of those against Miami. And they won by three, right? Yeah. They won that game without making any errors outside of, of course, they did have the strip sack fumble. The D bowed him out, though. But that was, you know, Josh could only do so much. He got bum-rushed on that play, strip mm-hmm. sack. I'm talking about the plays that Josh can control. He can control not throwing the ball into double coverage. Yes. When you're in the red zone, like he did against the Bears. He can control not overthrowing a five-yard uh, dump route to James Cook and having it get picked off. He can control not throwing the ball cross body in opponent territory and having it be an absolute duck. That stuff cannot happen. Joe Burrows had his his share of that recently as well. Yeah, yeah. Two of the best quarterbacks in the league, and we know what comes with that. We know what happens when you try to extend plays, and that's what we love about Josh Allen. But what I didn't get is how on Saturday of last week against Miami, you can do what you do, and then against the Bears – you just make three or so decisions that have everybody saying, Josh, what the hell is this? What right. are you doing? Monday night, you have to wonder which quarterback is going to wind up putting their team in a better position, not necessarily because of how well they played, but mm-hmm. because of, of what they decided to do with the ball that didn't oh. put their team yeah. in a bad spot. Both these yeah. quarterbacks are capable of doing it. It's going to come down to which quarterback is going to be able to eradicate those errors throughout their game on Monday to make the difference. Josh did it against the Dolphins on Saturday of last week, and we know how pivotal that was. One pick in that game could have been all the difference. Monday, I feel, is going to be the same exact way. Both these quarterbacks are capable of throwing interceptions. I really do think that oftentimes when both these quarterbacks are picked, it's not because of the defense making an extraordinary play. No, it's it's a boneheaded decision. Yes. So which one of these guys is going to step up? I lean Allen because I know what he's capable of in these moments. For some reason, when the lights come down and when everything matters most, 
This is when you get MVP, J.A. I expect a different Monday. But with that said, he can still play the game of, of his life on Monday night and have one or two of those throws. Right. And that would be the difference. I would much rather have, Rev, an average game for jo- from Josh where he doesn't put us in a bad spot. Very he, clean. He yeah. just puts this team in a position to score routinely, methodically, as opposed to him putting the whole thing on his back. And I yeah, think it, that's exactly what we saw on Saturday night of last week until the end. Yeah. Then, of course, you know, it just seems like <laughs> when it's needed the most, he does it in the most positive way, not the yeah. negative way. <laughs> we'll see. But, yeah. Rev, that to me is going to be huge Monday. Right? It's going mean, to be two interceptions. Uh, that's the yeah. game, in my opinion. Yeah, especially in a, in a closed game. What's the, what's, the, uh, what's the spread of this game? It's basically a pick them. The Bills like, are minus one. They're see, one point favorite. See, so in, in a very close, you, like you can't get any closer than that, right? And so even if Josh has a monster game like that, all it takes, like you mentioned, is one or two of these, these boneheaded decisions at the wrong time that tilts in the favor of the Bengals that can, that, that can you know, give them the win, you know? And so... Well, Josh's Josh, making a good point here. I want to touch on this because he's yeah. saying, you know, you can't win a Super Bowl with, with average play from Josh. And I agree. I don't... When I, I, I think I... Wrong word choice on average. When I'm saying average, I'm meaning I don't need to see the back. Sh- I don't need to see the back foot cross field throw. I understand when it works, right. it's beautiful. But in a game that matters this much on Monday night, I'm willing to take neither the good or the bad. I'm willing to just Be take efficient. the status quo in a game like this until listen, if it comes down to the last drive and Josh has to go nut mode, yeah, yeah. lock it down. But right. in the other, yeah, like the game against the Bears, it was the second drive of the game for the Bills, and he's throwing in the double coverage in the end zone. So I was like McKenzie ball twenty people. yard line. Yeah, yeah, he's going for McKenzie. It, it just made that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. That to me, that like that needs to go. Whereas what I think John's talking about, like when you're talking about the throw he had to cook for the touchdown before half against the Dolphins. At least in that throw, there was no opportunity for it to get picked off. Either he's going right. to get sacked or it's just not going to get caught. When you're throwing right. in double coverage like that, or when you're throwing back foot across the field in the double across coverage, the he was going to get that Davis, win. That just that can't win. happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, I'm getting. Yeah. I don't want yeah, average he, Josh. I just want smart Josh, I guess. Yes. And, and that's, and that's going to be, um, that's going to be up to, Dorsey as well, right? Right, making sure he 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 dials him down a little bit, understanding that the, the the gravity of this game, making sure somebody needs to be able to get in Josh's ear and just calm him down a little bit, um, especially early in the game. And, and I'm curious to see how Dorsey calls the game early on, right? If he's if he's gonna be super aggressive and have Josh do it a lot, or if he's gonna just try to be very methodical, get Josh involved in the offense um in a, in a methodical way, get the you know, get get you just just really distribute the, the ball to different players so that way the offense can stay on track and stay ahead of the chains. I'm interested to see that because I think if we do that and we give the offense a chance to get on track early, um, then that bodes well with Josh's confidence and he can kind of calm himself down a little bit. But it's when he feels the need to press, that's when at times we can see Josh making some of these boneheaded decisions, which we don't need to see in a game like this at all. And we know it's give or take. Like We've talked about this. You're not going to get the play to cook or the play to Knox uh, against the Dolphins without a couple of turnovers on similar plays. I get that. There is no excuse, however, for that pick against the Bears. Both picks, really. You have a wide-open cook on a dump pass, and it's 
not even close, and it's picked off. And yeah. you throw in a double coverage to Isaiah McKenzie, who's undersized to begin with, and he's not right. going to go up and get it anyways. And you don't need that. You don't need that you play need that. No. in that moment. It no, just needs to be dialed back a bit in moments like that where it just doesn't make sense. It makes sense, Rev, to force it on fourth down, right? When you yes. need a touchdown on the on the goal line, yes. right? Yes. Exactly. But when you're in the red zone on second down against the Bears and you're lobbing it up into double coverage, make it make sense. You just yeah. can't. Yeah, and to Isaiah McKenzie of all people, like that's what that that just yeah. made it even worse. And like, Mike's coming and he's saying I'm paranoid. Oh, I'm not paranoid. If anything, this is no. where I, I'm I'm up the utmost confident in Allen. Yeah. Because for some reason in games like this, there's a switch flip that I can't quite describe. Yeah. I'm just saying there's also moments in a game like this where you could see Allen saying, "I'm going to do it because we need it." Right? Yeah. And I just think that that it's only necessary. When I think we all when agree, it's necessary. It's necessary. Exactly. Yeah. It's only you, necessary. You will when it's know necessary. when it's yeah. necessary, right? Yes. And yeah. and and the, you know, a deep ball to McKenzie and double coverage is never necessary unless it's a hail mary and you're trying to hopefully win the game. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Never. That that is never necessary. I don't care what's that's never necessary yeah. to McKenzie. Yeah. You know, but but so yeah, man, I I agree with you. Um, I I think that like like you said, I mean, like you want Josh to do these incredible things. That's part of his game, right? But you just want him to play clean, at, you know, with, with like within the game, right? Within the, we know he's gonna he's he's gonna zip he's he's gonna zip down that you know that 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 coat and pull it, you know, pull his chest out and show the Superman on his chest, right? In crunch time when he needs to. But there's moments within the game where Josh can at times get a little careless, and we don't need to see that, especially in the game like this that's supposed to be as close as we think it's gonna be. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 this is going to bode well. And it will be. I will put any amount of money on it right now. This yeah. game finishes within seven on either side, guaranteed. I, th- I think the last. I mean, whoever has the ball last. I, I totally, I totally last, see it. Yeah, you know, is it, it, is liable to win the game. You know, I hope we don't go in overtime. I mean, you go look up any stat, Rev. I don't care what it is. You, I guarantee you, you will find that the Bills and the and the Bengals are within about five rankings of each other, no matter what the yeah, stat is. That's how close yeah. these two teams are. Yeah, they, they, these teams are are incredibly close. Um, and so, yeah, man, it's, it's going to be interesting uh, to say the least. I'm excited about this game, but I, I am much. I'm going to it. I'm going to oh, since for real. Yeah. So I'm oh, like, man. I don't even know what to do with myself because I, yeah. I, I, we go to a road game every year. Yeah. But like with the stakes of this one, man, in a, yeah. in a road environment. And I don't, I don't know like what to expect, man, dude, I, I'm so jazzed. I don't even know where to begin. And I'm dying yeah. to see how it's handled because I'm going there like with a big group. I'm yeah. wondering how the dynamic's going to be because oh, it's going to be, it's going to be, um, I mean, there's a lot on the line, man. It's not like you're there just for the hell it's, of it. So no, I'm no, to see it's, how it's, that goes. man, I, I don't know. Like I was telling my wife, the other day, I said, I said, babe, I said, I'm, I'm going to be throwing up. Like, I, like, like, I'm I have so much too. Else, dude. like, it's going to be like, oh man, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be bad on my, for, for anxiety, man. I'm just going to be like on the edge of my seat the entire day. Um, leading yeah. up to this game because that's that's how big it is. I mean, a playoff game in Week 17, you know, against the Bengals, like like this this is this is it. Um, and then like if 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 you want any more fire, any more juice, you know, Zeba man, Zeba, like you had put out this tweet, man, and I, I want I want to go ahead and share it because uh yeah, take a this, look at this. Yeah, man, this is this is this is beautiful, dude, and and I love it. I love it. I think I think this is exactly what we need here going in. You guys, somebody check this pin out. this up at one Bills drive. Pin that thing up, man. Look at my man Z about put up. Look, look at this. You see the game preview picks. And uh 
My screen is kind of, it's loading. Here it is. I think it's loading. There you go. Look at this. Oh. What are your thoughts on almost, that? Almost everybody outside of Colleen Wolf and, uh, and, and everybody's uh, and, got it within got four got, points. Got the bag, man, which is, yes. Close everybody's game. got it within four. And everybody's got the over hitting too. So everybody thinks yeah. this is a field goal game, high scoring, but the majority, Rev, they're thinking the Bengals pull it out. They're thinking they are, man. They're thinking they are. And, and, and you know, I kind of like the fact that, okay, all right, you know, we, we're being a little, I wouldn't say overlooked, but, you know, I think we're being a slightly disrespected. Like, like man, we're, like, we're the number one seed right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like who, who are you to, to sit here and, 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 and say that the Bengals, by and large, man, are, are going to win this game? Like, this is, I think, this is bulletin board material for the Bills. I hope they saw it. I hope they I hope they hope they've seen it, and they come out on fire like this. Like this, but this game right now. This is what I want to see. I'm getting fired up, man. <laughs> now I'm talking about it. This is what I want to see, man. I want to see the offense explode. I want them to give us a taste of what it was like at the beginning of the season and even the tail end of last year. Just give us because I know it's there. I know I know they're able to do it. Uh, I don't know what's happened over the course of the season, but man, if they could just give us a taste going into this game or going into the playoffs and say, "Hey," and plus with the W, and I'm, and I, you don't necessarily have to blow them out, but just just light them up and sit there and say, "Now, you guys thought that we were this and that," you know what I'm saying? But we can still put these points up. We can still have a potent offense if we want to. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and the rest can light the teams up if we want to. And this is just a taste for you guys going. I want to see that. I don't know if I'm going to get it. There may be a different way in which they get it. Well, but I definitely want to see. Well, it. And, and, and not only that, but you want to see it because if they do end up winning this game and wind up getting the one seed, this will be the last of them we see before the playoffs, right? Yeah. Two weeks removed. You got to ride that right. momentum somewhere. And this is the time of the year where the offenses and the teams in general really wind up playing their best ball so they can take it into the playoffs with them. You're going to get the best of the best, right? When it comes to the final couple weeks here, you're going to see yeah. what everybody truly has. And if you do end up getting that by, that's something we're not used to for sure. Yes. You got to think that there's value in playing your best ball of the last two weeks into that by knowing whoever you face, you feel confident what you put out on the field prior to that by that you'll be able to piggyback on it. It's not like you're going to be able to carry that into the next week. You got to wait on it, right? Yeah. So if you go out with a bad taste in your mouth, even if you do get the victory, you know, maybe that weighs on you a bit. So you're right, Rev. This is that game where it's like, not only does it mean so much for the implications and the win and the one seed or whatever, yeah. but if you are able to play your best ball on Monday night, how much momentum does that give you going into those playoffs, knowing that that's what you put out on display against a team that everybody thinks is another one of the Super Bowl contenders out of the AFC? Man, it gives you a tremendous amount of, of, of momentum and confidence going in. Not to say that the Bills don't have confidence already, but but you want to – I mean, when, you, when, when, when Josh has – has has admittedly, you know, talked about his his shortcomings, you know, against, against the Bears. He wants to get that taste out of his mouth. When you look at Stefan Diggs and how silent he's been on the stat sheet the past few games, like I mentioned earlier, 
they want to they want to right those wrongs, right? Yeah. Even though they're still getting these wins, you have to think that these that these players want to correct these mistakes ahead of the playoffs to build that type of momentum and that confidence in themselves saying, you know what? Hey, we got guys, look, look, we can do it. It's all right. Let's go into this, into these playoffs with this momentum and at, at home at that, that's going to be huge for this team. Huge. We got some super chats coming in here, Rev. Should we get to them? Yeah, let's go ahead and get to them. Bobby Glean kicks us off. He's saying, I'm so amped for the game. Play Bills football and dominate like we did in the first six weeks of the season. Remember, we wanted all the smoke. Now it's our time again to show the world we are that team. And I think that's what you're saying, Rev. I mean, it's the perfect opportunity. Now, that doesn't mean you got to blow Cincy out. I think a high-scoring game where Josh Allen looks good, the D makes a couple plays that wind up being a difference. I think that is gigantic, right? Right. There's way more to being that team than going out and kicking Cincinnati's ass. We want to see in the biggest moment that our top guys are able to deliver, you know, in a way we expect them to in order to get that victory. And that, of course, means Josh Allen digs who we haven't seen that much of recently. And I know Chicago's run defense is pretty god awful and the bear and the yeah. Bills ran all over him. But they still have been running the ball fairly well, right? That's another aspect of this game you want to look at, too. Jeff King, the kinger. My man, Jeff. He's coming in saying, love being the underdog. Pisses the boys off. Mm -hmm. Want to see that run game again? See, Jeff? Yep, no doubt about it. Now's the time to unleash it fully and put the fear of God into these teams where they say, oh, shit. Yes, right. Now they got a run game, too. And look at the Bills run game. It's crazy. And, and, And Tina by the way, a super sticker. We never really get any of those. That's uh-uh. cool. I love that. I want to put that right on my chest right here. The super right. Sticker. I love that. Thank you, Tina. Uh, but what Jeff's saying here, you know, as we talk about the run game, it's got to be the most underrated run game in the league, even for us as fans. We don't even ever give it yes. any credit. I mean, this right. run game is is been way better than we give credit towards. And I think when they allow James Cook to cook, Rev, oh, man. Yes. they get him involved, they've been getting him involved in the past game. They've been allowing him to run. I think James Cook's another piece that I'd love to see use more. And you know what's another thing, too? Monday night. Why don't we use Beasley if you're going to put him Come on? Come on, roster? man. Come Why on. Why don't you use him? You have to right? use him. Right? Dorsey, I'm, I'm looking at you, man. You have to get this guy involved. We need all hands on deck in this game. Beasley's been sitting here. He came back because he, he knows that the, that the office needs his help. Get him involved in this game, but I want to piggyback back up, back back to the to what Jeff and these guys were saying about about yeah. the run game, and this this perfect segue into what I was going to talk about here um, early, man. And I, and I want to pose this question to you, man, because I have put something on here um, called a, a, just a small segment as we get ready to close up the show. It's called "Say Something Else." Mm. Say, say something else. Oh, say something else. Say something else. Okay, so Zbot, this 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 is where. There, there is something that's been said about the Bills ad nauseum that is frankly just odd and tired. And you make it, it makes you just want to look at it, look at the person saying it and be like, say something else. Mm, say something else. I like that. Okay. And for me, man, perfect segue is that the Bills have no run game. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like the, the Bills have shown that they do have a run game. Like you had mentioned against the Bears, yeah, granted, the Bears may have been, you know, towards the bottom of the league in run defense, but these guys, man, have been running the ball very well. Uh, Motor, what is he, like like well over 700 yards rushing this year? I think they lead the league in yards per carry, the Bills. Yes, and and, and I saw a stat where, where, where Motor um, has more yards on the ground than Joe Mixon does. 
right now this year uh, with, with less that. attempts. And so, like this, like this team, though it doesn't look like it, they have an ability to run the ball when they need to, and they can do it effectively. Um, Motor Singletary has been averaging uh, like a good four and a half yards per carry for his career. We see starting to see the emergence now of of James Cook, who's starting to look like the reason why Brandon Bean drafted him in the round two in the first place. He's starting to see his explosiveness. Um, that's starting to look like a very good one-two punch at the backfield. This Bills team, man, has a ground game. Though they don't necessarily need to use it as much, the fact of the matter is they can use it when they need to, and they have it in their arsenal. Say something else, man, talking about the Buffalo Bills ain't got no run game. I love that. I think it's spot on. I think it's, you know, they've thrived primarily, you know, when you get these big stat games, they've, they've done so against weaker opponents on the defensive side of things, stopping the run. Mm-hmm. But I do think in a game like this, it's going to matter because they also have Joe Mixon, like you just mentioned, who can get it going when they want him to. He's yeah. also a threat in the pass game as well. I think that James Cook, what we've seen from him, their ability to get him involved has definitely paid dividends. I mean, he can really do it all. His burst is incredible. And as yeah. you just mentioned, Devin Singletary is dramatically – he's underrated. I mean – very much he so. truly is. When he gets going, he gets going. I don't think they'll have a game on the ground like they did against the Bears just because that's not who they're going up against this coming week. Right. There's a better defense across the way in these Cincinnati Bengals. But I want to see them stick to the run game throughout the game plan. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be run heavy. I highly doubt it will be. This is a Josh Allen type game, and you know it is. But what I liked about the game in Miami is even when – they had to go to Josh and have have to have him put the game on his back. They still yeah. stuck with the run, no matter if it was Josh right. running it or if they did stick with Singletary and Cook. And it wasn't like it was a great day on the ground for them in that game, but they stuck with it. And I do like that from this team. I've seen plenty of times throughout this year where Dorsey will just go away from things that are working. I did like seeing oh, that. I love seeing that against Chicago. They got to have a proper game plan in this game on Monday, you'd think. And with that, you got to stick to it. And I think a lot of that oh. is sticking with the ground game. You got two guys who have shown you they can do it. Just stick with it. That, to me, is what it all comes down to in the run game. Z-Bow, man, you just, you just like, like opened up a wound that I, and I had I had a Band-Aid over, and I was waiting. I was hoping that was going to heal. You just ripped that thing yeah. off, man, when you talk about Dorsey um, not sticking with things that are working. Like, that has to be the most frustrating thing. And, it, and it's, I mean, and it's no different than, than Brian, than Dayball, because Dayball used to do the same thing. Like, I know it. Like, and I've called, I've called Dorsey Mr. Opposite because he tends to do the opposite of what you need to do in the game to win the game. And of course, like, who, who am I? Right. But, but like in cold, frigid weather with, with, with the temperatures and, and the negative teens, right. Like, like it was against Chicago, it, it takes him a full half to decide that, Oh, you know what? We need to run the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, then that's what we're thinking all along, run the ball in these conditions. And then sometimes like when it's, when it's sunny outside, he wants to run the ball instead of pass it. Like it's weird. I don't get it. But when the run game is going, it's almost like he's afraid of it. Like, Oh my God, like I can't believe it's working. Uh, what, what, we've got Josh Allen. This is, <laughs> oh, yeah, this, yeah. this is just abandoning it. Josh, we need to, you know, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like just win the game at all costs, man. If that, if that means you having to hand the ball off to your running backs to win, so be it. I remember there was a game, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago. Um, um, I guess the Chiefs in Buffalo. We know Andy Reid hates to run the ball. Absolutely hates it. But I remember there was a time you know, when the Bills played them in Buffalo where Andy Reid, that entire game, ran yeah, the ball yep. all game long and just 
lit us up on the ground, well over 200 yards running the ball. And, 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 and I'm like, that's what you need to do at times against teams. Uh, if that's what, take they, what they give you, no the doubt. They did it last week. Take it. Take I it. I mean, there were moments last week, right? Even though they ran the ball really well against Chicago, I was saying to myself, keep running it. You know, keep with, running. after a couple times where Josh was making Aaron throws and you knew this game was yeah. so winnable the way they were running it, I'm just like, why not continue to run it? You yeah. know? Yeah, I hear you there. And you know, and you almost think like some sometimes like some of these 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 real brain brainiacs you know uh, uh, who who call these plays sometimes like they they get too much in their head like I even think about like the like the Dolphins like the Dolphins probably should have beaten us you know the last game because um, because they were they were looking good at, they went away the from you are damn right Rav McDaniel Bell kept run, running, get, running get, it down our throat he should have kept running the ball and they probably would have won that back game to watch that first quarter there's two plays where they throw instead of run on on third and short. Yes. And they settled for field goals. They were running it down our throat that first quarter. Moster had a hundred and some yards in the first quarter. He finished with a buck thirty-four, I think. Yeah. They bailed on it and it killed him. They shouldn't. You're it. damn right. You're so right. There's so That's many. Uh, there's so many examples of that in this league. And and you know, the Bills are just one of them. There's plenty of teams that do it. But I I, I just want to see them attempt to you know get the run game involved each series because yeah. I think that they have the capability. To do so, we've seen it. And, you know, like you just said, if it if it doesn't work early, just don't just bail on it immediately. This is a game where you'd much rather have the ball the majority of the game than not. So if you can run the ball, that would be critical in a game like this. Critical. Yeah. Because like you said, and I agree with you, this is a last possession type game. So the it more really that is. you hold on to the ball, the better in a game like this. That's key, man. We, we need to win the possession battle. Silas was coming in, by the way, Rev. He's saying 34-30 Bills win mm. with a defensive stand to end the game. So he's thinking nice. last drive, but it's the Bills yeah. D that gets it done yeah. on the last drive. Remember how good primetime Josh has been. He's great on Monday night and has better numbers on the road. We need this game, biggest game of the year. I mean, to me, that's what Hands it all down. comes down to. Yeah, I have the utmost confidence in this team because I just know in a game like this, you don't have to worry about Allen. It's weird in the games that seem win, like the, in the games that seem the easiest, like a good example would be like the Jets game, yeah. right? The first Jets game where we lost, that was a game where I'm like, man, you know, the Jets records inflated. The bills are much better. And Josh just did a few things in that game that were like, man, what's going on, right? Yeah. It's those games that I think are winnable and kind of lost in the Sunday slate where you get the worst Josh. It's games like this though, where you can just almost guarantee you're going to see his best performance you know you know you are and, and that's a good thing about it and I'm, and I'm so glad that we have josh allen right a guy like this because you know game on the line it's crunch time you have a guy who is a stone cold killer like josh allen is a killer i i mean it's, it's, it's ridiculous that how that the switch that the guy can can flip you know, uh, when it's needed, when the game is on the line, this guy can just turn it on like like on, on a dime, put the team on his back, on his shoulders. He's got broad shoulders, and he can carry him to victory. Um, that's what I love about Josh Allen. And that's we what we saw need, it a week ago. Man. I mean, that's we what saw we saw. It, exactly. Yeah. We, we saw it a week ago. We saw it against Detroit, you know, right, uh, yeah. in the Thanksgiving game. We saw that. The, we know he can do that. And so that's what we want to see when it's time to do it. And I think in this type of atmosphere, in this game against the Bengals here, Monday night, prime time, playoff primer for the number one seed, lock it up, playoffs I mean, run through Buffalo, baby. Yeah, we're Come approaching on. that time of year, Rev, where last year, this time, we saw Josh Allen's best football. He turned right? it on. 
Yeah. This is when it happened. And there's, yeah. and this is, this is it. I mean, this is it, man. This, this game is the way I see it, Rev. If yeah. this, this game is the only road playoff game the Bills should play all year. Absolutely. This is the only road playoff Absolutely. game they should play, right? Absolutely. Because this game is a playoff game. And if they get it done, you won't be going on the road once in the postseason. So Come long on, as man. you don't, so long as you don't shit your pants against New England the following week, <laughs> right? Because 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 they they can't yeah. even afford to arrest but any starters I'm, against that game. We'll probably. get to that when we need to. What yeah. I'm saying is though, I mean this game, and I don't even care if you're a Bills fan or a, a Bengals fan. This is this is this is it. This is it. I mean, this game is just like we couldn't have set this up. Any ESPN better. executives have to have the 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 tent they're pitching right oh, now. Man, you know, I mean, you don't even get it. This is doesn't get better than this. It doesn't. Oh, the fact that we, you know, are in the in the thick of it as fans is just, man. This is I just can't wait, man. This is. Oh man, I I can't wait either, man. This 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 sucks a little bit about it though, Rev. Is we all we all got that love for the Bengals too, you know, Bills Mafia. I remember that love for the Bengals. So it's gonna be a real shame to have to yank their heart out, but it's all right. We might see him again. We We might see him again. You doggone right, we might see him again. Uh, Yeah. But, it, but we're going to see him in Buffalo. Facts. <laughs> and that's it. So get it done in the jungle before we got to get it done in Buffalo. That's it. Know? That's it. That's it, man. Look here. Shout out to everybody, man, who's been rocking with us for almost two hours, man. We've been at it two hours. I see 200. Hold on. I want to make strong. a quick note here. Mike's bringing up a good point. I want to talk about this because this is something that I nece- I haven't necessarily been complaining about. And I think it's a good point. He's being fair here. Yeah, I see. This is like, you know, the more you run it, the less Diggs is going to get involved, right? I've actually been on the, in the camp of saying I have been impressed that they have won all these games without, without Diggs yeah. having to have these games. Everybody keeps getting on that, and I agree to some extent. Even though you're running the ball as well as you you have been or in games where you have been running the ball well, you cannot neglect the targets to Diggs. And I think that's what your point was, Rev. It needs to be that's designed more to get the ball in his hands. Right. I is as, as negative as I can be at times about this team. I have found it very, I have found it very positive that this team has found ways to win six straight games where the majority of these games Diggs has not had to have a career day. And that is miraculous. Right. You look at a lot of these teams with unbelievable wide receivers. There hasn't been a game where the, the Vikings have won, where they haven't had to have Justin Jefferson put up a buck 50. So the right. bills are showing you, and that's what playoff football is. They're showing you, all right, you know, Diggs isn't available, or we're going to run for 250. Or Allen's not having a great game, uh, or, or no, Diggs isn't available, uh, we're going to go to Knox, like we did um, against yeah. Miami. Or we can't run the ball, okay, Allen puts it on his shoulders. They have shown you multiple different ways to win, and I think that it's even more impressive that when Diggs isn't, think about it, Diggs was barely even involved against Chicago, and yeah. they put up 35 right. points in one by 22. So I know it's Chicago, but that's the same Chicago team that lost by five the week before to Philly. So to me, it's Mm. a bit impressive. I got to be honest with you because it's showing you a range range this team didn't show before Rev, I think last year, at least the, the way, the way this team is, is, is is fine, is able to find a way to win these games is, 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 is very impressive, very impressive. And I'm not taking that away from at at all, you know, and and it's, it's just at certain times, you want you want to see, you want to be able to give your guy the ball. I'm not saying that Jigs needs to have over 100 yards receiving every game, mm. um, 
but but you you definitely want to get him involved and, and it was clear that he was getting frustrated at times you know uh, uh during the chicago game like he's like so like you because because I, th- I think what it does is is it 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 puts the it puts too much pressure on one player like on, on josh and, and stuff like that like it's it's the, the offense is actually better when they're able to to disperse the ball to to to, to more than one player and get everybody involved in the game and they have a clean game like that you know so that, that's all i'm really saying is is you would like to see Diggs more involved because these last three games and i'm and i'm trying to look it up um but maybe 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 you can find it i was trying to look up like the last three games where Diggs has really been 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 uh mia so to speak i'm wondering if those last three games have been very run centric games you know for the bills uh for the Bills stats because i, I want to see if there's well, we a correlation know, we know there. for a fact chicago it was, was chicago right um mm-hmm. i mean and it's not like he hasn't been like he was non-existent against the jets and the bears for the most part but in all these other games I mean, like we just saw a comment. I forget who put it in there a minute ago, but he's still like third in the league in receiving. And oh, he's still you in, know, yeah. over these series of games here. I mean, he still had 92 and a touchdown against the Patriots and 77 against the Lions. Mm-hmm. The Jets have a terrific defense. I think that had a lot to do with it. And the yeah. Bills only scored 20 points. And then in the Bears game, it just wasn't necessary for Diggs to have a big day. They ran the ball for 250 yards. Right. I also look at it like this. It's less people are seeing the Diggs before the playoffs. You're going to scheme something up to get him more involved come the time when you can put it all out on the on the, on the display? Maybe yeah. so, right? But to your point, yeah. regardless, I think Dorsey's going to need to find a way to get the ball in his hands a bit more, whether you're running the yeah. ball or not, because it's just too – it's too big of a role player on this team to not have involved in every single game. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to have lapses like that, you know, um, especially in a game like this where, where you know you can you're gonna have to put points up, you know. Yeah. For um, sure. and, 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 and unless unless they're just so incredibly successful, you know, running the ball where they where they just win the time of possession battle and they're able to keep the, the Bengals offense on, on the sideline, which I mean that, that you never know what, what happens. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see. Well, we'll, de- we'll definitely see, man. Um, Z-Bot, man, before we head on out here, man, um, I, I, this is what I want to I get from you, man. And shout out yes. to everybody, man. We are like 230 in here, man. So strong, two hours in. Shout Love out to it. everybody, man. Smash that like um, as we get ready to close out. There's one, one, final, one final segment, man, and this is a quick thing, man. It's called That's Cold. <laughs> That's Cold segment, man. I, what is, this is what I want. We've heard we hear about about bold predictions and, and hot takes. What is a cold take that you have for this game? Something that that's, that's likely to happen, right? Not not bold, not hot, but just something cold. It's just kind of like that. It's, it's, it's a cold take. This game, this game finishes within one score. That's my cold take. I am so confident in that. I don't I don't know necessarily which way it goes. These two teams are so identical. I lean Buffalo just because I think we get a better game out of Josh Allen and Burrow, but that's, that might just be me being biased. But I also do know that these are the moments as we've talked about where Allen is going to give you his best ball, but no matter who wins this game, my cold take, I see it being a one score game, regardless if it's the Bengals on top or the bills. I just think these teams are too similar. They're too talented. And the quarterbacks are too, I don't even know proud. It might not be the right word, but they're, they're too, like they're they're too like what what do you, what's the word I'm trying to say here? 
there, there are two quarterbacks that aren't going to allow you to get let the game get away from you, I guess, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's you right. got two quarterbacks here that aren't going to allow a multi-score loss, in my opinion. They're yeah. going to find a way to keep these games close. So that's where I see it landing, and hopefully the Bills are on the right side of it. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, I hate to kind of echo what you're saying, but I, I agree 100%, man. This yeah. this is definitely going to be a, a close game. It's exactly what I see it's going to be. Um, I don't know if, how high scoring is going to be. I mean, with the with – the, you know, I've seen I've seen some some predictions in here about about you know in the 30s for for both, um, but then you look at the over under at 49 and a half, you know, or 49 points. So I could see um, that hitting. I do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, 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 really, it, only got to have a 27 24 game for that yeah. to hit, and I think yeah. that's a no brainer in this one. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I, I agree, man. It's, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be tight to the wire, um, and we can expect it, man. Whoever has the ball last is likely gonna have the opportunity to win the game. That's the way I see it happening. Defer the kick. Defer the kick. Oh, man. <laughs> Please do it. Please do it. And you know what I don't want to see? I don't want to see us going overtime. I do I do not want to see it overtime. I got a weird feeling it's going to. Dude, oh, my gosh. I can't. I don't know if my nerves can handle an overtime game, dude. Oh, it'll be exciting. But I, <laughs> I don't want to see it. I can't wait for it. Is it Monday oh, yet? Man. When's the last time you said right. that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. You guys, man, look here. Everybody in here, man, shout out to you guys. Um, that's our time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, two hours in the books. Another fantastic show uh, brought to you by BetUS on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. Man, my man Zbot came here with some fire. I'm so glad that Zbot, man, you were able to join me on the show. Love you, my brother. Uh, much love, here, brother. Man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I was able to hop on. It was a perfect, uh, perfect roadmap between me feeling better and you having it. So it was perfectly aligned. And I had to get something off my chest before this game, Rob. I know you did. I'm glad I know you, you did, gave me the spot to do it, brother. I always I know you appreciate did, man. it. And, and let's go ahead and, and end it out, man, with a positive note, man. Let's listen to some good old The Bills Make the Me Want to Shout, baby. I love it. Here we go, baby. It's done Monday, Bills Mafia. Let's go. Let's go, man. Hit me let's up go. if you're going, by the way. I'll be there. z go ahead and close us out, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll got it right now, baby. Come on, come on. Oh, I'm Z-Pod. I don't know what happened to him. He may have hit the wrong button. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's our time. Thanks and peace to everybody who's been watching us this whole time. Smash that like on your way out. Hit the subscribe button. Almost fill notifications. Let's go enjoy some football Sunday. And let's get ready for a big time, big time Bills dub against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati on Monday Night Football, baby. And until next time, baby, as always, grace and peace. God bless. Let's go, Buffalo. Go, Bills. Let's get it. Bills make me want to Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now. The Bills are making it happen now. Stand up now. Come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout it right now, baby. Come on, come on. Come on and shout. Buffalo's happening now, we're on the moon now, the fields are happening now, they're making it happen now, we got the spirit, a lot of spirit, yeah, we got the spirit, just watch it happen now, hey, 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 let's go Buffalo. Make me wanna 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.